Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Greetings from Florida. Where it looks like we got our, uh, at least our fallback, <laughs> because was, we, had, we had this cold snap come through a few weeks ago. It was, you know, anything 40, uh, 40s. No, I don't, I don't do 40s. I do 50s and above, okay? So uh, that's why I moved to Florida, 50s and above, and I'm happy, okay? But when it gets to 40s or even, you know, heaven forbid, the 30s, then we really know things are bad here uh, in Florida. So here I am on the, the Gulf Coast uh, in the Panhandle in the upper northwest corner of Florida, uh, next to uh, Alabama, <laughs> it was the guy who surrounded us on all sides. So we were surrounded by Alabama and the Gulf of Mexico. That's where we are up here near Pensacola. Um, so it's uh, we changed things around a little bit on Mondays because uh, Heather uh, Strickland's coming back with the Rebel Report. So she has a book, Rebel Keto, How to Be Rebellious and Diet at the Same Time. But she's such a kick. I, have, I wanted to have her on the show anyway because she's really way too much fun. So Jonathan's on the line. So let me just give a couple of quick announcements. Um, it's going to be a busy week tomorrow. Uh, Mario Prado, the producer of the movie that we're involved with, The Falcon, is going to come back with more details about the film uh, and just the, uh, the whole idea of a, of a constitutional historical film uh, and an act sort of like a, a fail-safe act in case the Constitution fails. Uh, that's kind of what it's about. Um, I don't like to talk too much about it because it's his film and I never know what's you know confidential and what isn't, so I, uh, I tend to defer to him. Uh, Dr. Deborah Viglione is coming back Wednesday. Wednesday at 8 o'clock, um, to further uh, talk about her book, COVID-19 Vaccines and Beyond, What the Medical Industrial Complex is Not Telling Us. And so that's it. Thursday, I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't know. We haven't gotten that far. Thursday, I might as well be on another planet for all I, uh, for all I know. Anyway, let's give someone uh, a round of applause who deserves a round of applause, and I don't do this enough, and that's Jonathan Mosley, who does our legal report here. So your line's live. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you doing? Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I hear you just fine. Um, you know, it's interesting. Another thought I had this morning oh. before I started is the fact that we've never had a slow news day since I got into radio. <laughs> I started this March 1st uh, back at WBY uh, on, uh, in 2017, and that was the beginning of Trump's term. He, he was inaugurated in January 20th of 2020, uh, 2017, and it's been crazy ever since. <laughs> it's a great time to get into radio. <laughs> and today we have so many issues before us. Uh, legal issues, other issues, but um, there's there's no slow news days anymore. <laughs> the world is moving way fast and, uh, yeah. hey, and in, in entirely the wrong direction. Yeah, I can hear you. I hear you just fine. Oh, I could go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just rambling. I've stopped rambling now. Now it's your no, Well, actually, no. Go ahead and do that because I wanted to. Uh, I'm sorry, I just didn't didn't hear for a moment. But it's funny because I was thinking along the same lines. Okay. Well, yeah. If you didn't hear me for a minute. Um, that's, I just, yeah, I heard then, you. I then just, let me know because I, I should be broadcasting, you know, but it's either your end or my end, and I never know for sure. But I think we're okay because I hear you. Okay, then we're good. No, I was <laughs> just going to say that. Don't scare me. I was, I, it's funny because as I was waking up here, I was thinking similar things here. Okay. And um, now, now I've moved, um, you know, and I think my phone has not like updated the cell towers or whatever, so I've had poor service. That's why I was I was I was dubious about whether you could hear okay. me. But I was just thinking about how. Well, first of all, I hope you have a good a good guest on this hour because I was watching Star Trek uh, with 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 Captain Perk. Um, but um, so we don't have any guests this good, hour. But, I, but you and I can probably ramble. up to me, I suppose. 
That's probably uh, hey, listen, my, you want my Star Trek? We, we've never done a Star Trek hour. You know, they, I mean, the, well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that. <clears throat> maybe we could do that Thursday if you don't find somebody. Um, but, um, and I probably have lots of suggestions. I could, there, there's so much going on. But that was my point is that, is that it seems like at this point in the space-time continuum, we're um, getting like a, a Watergate-sized scandal uh-huh. every three or four months. And mm-hmm. I think it's accelerating um, as the space-time continuum de- deteriorates. You know, it just seems like every time you turn around, that if, if people, you know, except for the media trying to cover up for it and not call it what it is, you know, in any objective measure, we would go like, oh, my God, that's worse than Watergate. And it just, mm-hmm. like, keeps happening and happening and happening. And you're, so you start on with the same idea that, like, there's, there's never a, snow, uh, a slow news day these days. It's, it's incredible. Um, Not anymore. <laughs> well, I know. So, I mean, all you can do, all you can do is go to the wheel of news and, 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 and twirl it and then come up with something. But you ne- we're never going to cover everything going on because there's just no, so much going to. on. No, but I, and I just I don't like to recite the news because we have plenty of other people doing that. I'd rather analyze. Well, let me just give you the list. Just this is actually going to be kind of fun. So l- let me tell you just the things I thought of between last night and this morning. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Oath Keepers trial. Uh, I had the railroad strike in the interstate commerce and, clause. And I'm, uh, and, go ahead. And you may have sold me on the on the Twitter thing too. I think I I got thinking okay. about that too. So but go ahead. Yeah. Well, here's the list. Just, just I mean, we did, we, obviously we're not going to do all these, but just to let you know how my brain works. I had the Oath Keepers verdict. I had the railroad strike, the interstate commerce clause. I had the vote fraud in Arizona. Can we split Maricopa County into individual voting districts? I had James Wood suing Twitter plus our communications bill. Nick Fuentes, Kanye West setting up Trump. The mystery Idaho murders. The crypto murders internationally. The farms in Holland being destroyed. Uh, the Georgia election, why the VP is actually counted as the Senate, you know, in the Senate majority, and died suddenly. The film that uh, Stu Peters put out, uh, which unfortunately he ne- and he never mentioned our, our vaccine product, li- you know, liability legislation, and what a wasted opportunity that was. That was just for today. <laughs> Spin the wheel. Well, let's go Twitter. Do you want to do Twitter? Or do you yeah, want to do? Okay. What's your pleasure? Crazy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. You just shake your head. I don't. I don't know. There's so much, so much going on. <clears throat> Arizona is an outrage, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the only, I guess, the only good that's come out of um, the Arizona rerun of 2020 mm-hmm. is that this time people that 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 didn't want to believe it that there mm-hmm. was election fraud, some of them are kind of going. You know what? It, it, this really is a disaster in Arizona, and Arizona yeah. really was stolen in 2020. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, there's something, I don't know, some psychological f- phenomenon of just normalcy, of just people going about their lives, that when, you, when they see something like, you know, any of these things, like, again, my mother was um, <clears throat> somewhat active in Eagle Forum <clears throat> going back to the 70s. Right. She actually, at the request of Phyllis Schlafly, went undercover to uh, a National Organization of Women conference. She cut her hair oh, wow. and got like a a, mo- a muumuu or whatever thing like that, and she went there and and she you know she reported on it. <clears throat> of course, like my mom, she ended up doing uh, more than that. Um, right. Um, she kind of at one point they liked her so much they let her take over the newsroom. 
Oh, so no. when people were calling in, she was giving her reports of, from the NOW convention. But the thing is, I say that to say that for this entire time, mm-hmm. we're one of the reasons why we lose is because we can't accept how bad it really is. There's just something right. that says, no, it can't be that bad. And, Denial. and blue time pill. and time again. <laughs> Matrix blue huh? pill. <laughs> Matrix blue pill. Remember the movie The Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, the blue pill. Yeah. Those are blue pill people. Yep. And, and so we're always like 10 steps behind uh-huh. because the mind just like rebels, like you, like, like you say, the blue pill, like you, it, surely, surely you're exaggerating. You know, the conservatives are exaggerating. It can't be that bad. No, and, I'm not. And then we look back. And don't and call go, me Shirley. Hmm? <laughs> no, I'm not. And don't call right. me Shirley. I'm sorry. That's a whole joke. And they go back. And then we go back and we look back and we go, oh, my God, it was it was everything the conservatives yeah. said and more and more. Mm-hmm. It was, it was yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, we I call went that a, into the department. Go ahead. We call that a proven conspiracy theory. That's my new term. So when someone says, is that a conspiracy theory? I said, no, it's a proven conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. So that's my new well, term. The thing, it's, it's a funny term because, you know, people are, are prosecuted for conspiracies all the time. Mm-hmm. Happened in the Oath Keepers trial. So mm-hmm. why, why do we use this term conspiracy theory? It isn't, it isn't a very meaningful term because there are conspiracies. The government prosecutes people for conspiracies. It's, it's, on, the, it's on the law books. Mm-hmm. Um, but a conspiracy theory is, is <clears throat> you know, I guess people who see things that aren't there in the – in the cloud. So it means it means you're paranoid. You know, like, That's what it means. You're paranoid, delusional, and insane. It's a term to show that you have a mental illness. That if you believe that, you're really sick in the head. Uh, that's that's what I think is behind the, the term conspiracy theory, and that's what it's come to mean. But to me, I agree with you. It means that we have a theory that there's a conspiracy to do something illegal taking place. And that's how I look at it. That's why I came up with the right. term proven conspiracy theory. Because like, oh, and all, the question now is people rational. living their lives, going about right. you know making sandwiches for the kids and to go off to school and things like that don't take the time to dig into the fact that the, the, the consp- you know, what, are, what are called conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. have done their homework. You know, it's like, it's the, it's the idea that you see like a, a cloud and you think, oh, it's a bunny, you know, in the clouds. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's I do that all the time. Can, <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. I love cloud shapes. Yeah, no, I really people, do. I'm a big kid. This is probably part of, part of being a flyer. Um, yeah. But... The uh, <clears throat> being up in the clouds, but the thing is, is that yeah, we could say that Greg Peglis is 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 up in the clouds all the time. Oh, then, way, way see, that's that's that, that's what the that's what the news media would do. Is, oh, Greg mm-hmm. Peglis, he's like he's up in the clouds. Yeah, he flies airplanes, you know. From, yeah, so, Mr. Yeah, space Man, space cadet. Remember the term space cadet? Hmm. What? Remember the term space cadet? That was something when we were kids, you know, if you're called a space cadet, it means you were totally, you know, up in the clouds, airhead, you know, brainless, you know, no, I don't mindless. know. Yeah, again, I don't You never heard that term? And again, who cares about the meaning of words except when you try to, you find that you can't figure out what, it, what, what is actually being said. It's huh. like misleading because it's imprecise. But anyway, okay. so, um, so yeah, so we, pretty much everything that we've gone through is if people had had acted 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't be where we are today. But they didn't so, see it. They um, didn't see it, Jonathan. Only a few people saw it because they can look ahead. Most people can only look backwards if that, and they get that wrong too. But they didn't see it. They just simply didn't, or like you said, refused to believe. You know, I mean, do you think the Germans believed Hitler was going to destroy their country in five years? Oh, they absolutely did not. 
They had no clue. There's no clue. I mean, I mean, there. You know, the the Jews who stayed. You know, there's been a fair amount of of evaluation of, you know, of why did they stay? I mean, now there was tremendous anti-Semitism around the like, mm-hmm. you know, this this um, horrible, infamous example where they wouldn't let the ship dock anywhere. Yep. Um, that was bad. And uh, as people who were trying to escape, but but still, there's been a lot of analysis of people who thought, nah, that'll never happen. He's just saying that to, you know, to win votes. He doesn't really mean that. Um, so um, you're right. But um, so so the thing is, is that the people who are telling you that there's a problem here, mm-hmm. they, um, they really have done their homework. You know, but the assumption is, is that they, the assumption is that they, that they haven't. You know that they're just seeing bunnies in the clouds, and the the people who are too busy to do their own research, you know, they just assume like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and some people don't, but often we have the goods, we have the receipts, as Steve Bannon loves to say. But anyway, <laughs> so that's where we are. Now I interrupted right. you a bit in your list and things, but it's just, it's just, no, an, okay. it's just like it, 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 it's painful to think that people who are waking up today and thinking, how could it have gotten this bad? And I'm sorry, but it's because you, dear speaker, didn't listen. Yeah. You know, it's we because told you. you sat, you know, you we were saying it. You, what? <laughs> we said it. We told everybody that. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to really, response was you know, a hoax. Touch you know, we told everyone. Yeah. You know what the third rail is. Um, I think it's social security. It was a big deal in the, in the Washington DC area because there's two, the, the subway, the, uh, the Metro <clears> right. has, Two normal rails, and the third rail is, is the electric. Yeah, most most of them have that. Yeah. So when you when someone falls and they touch the third rail, they're they're gone. Um, so let me really touch the third rail here and say that an obsession with sports. Uh, uh-huh. I don't care if people enjoy sports every now and then. I'm talking about people who spend their entire waking life, um, you know, completely absorbed in it, and while right. the, the country's falling apart around them. Um, you know, they're sitting around watching reruns of Laverne and Shirley and uh, letting the country, you know, the country go to hell. So anyway, so that where does that leave us? So Twitter is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if I'm not cutting you off. No, no, I, I got, I got Pianca in line, too. I'll get to him in just a minute as well. And I got a story. I got another story after so, Twitter on Fox News. How so, I mean, the totally thing is, destroyed Trump. But yeah, that's another story. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me about the Twitter. Many of these 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 issues. Part of the problem is is that you know we knew it, and it's, again, it's a good example. You know, the whole thing with Twitter throwing the 2020 election and other things. Um, you know, it's not like it's not like it just happened yesterday. We just found out, but the 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 the, the, the accumulation of evidence, you know, at some point reaches a tipping point where it's like. You know, un- unbelievable. So as, as everybody should know, I think on Friday, um, late, because I had, I had Ron Wilcox, the head of the Tea Party in Virginia, Northern Virginia, call me and say, get on, get on, stop, you know, pull over get on your computer, because if you want to do it in five. Well, he didn't mm-hmm. do it in five. He was like an hour and a half late. But, but he dumped all of the evidence of the cover-up of, of Hunter's laptop. And again, I want to correct people. It's not the laptop. Okay, the laptop is just a thing. People say, well, I don't care about Hunter's laptop. Well, I don't either. 
I care about the evidence on the laptop yep. that proves that there was a massive bribery scheme for the Biden administration at the very, at the very minimum such that our national security is currently at risk with China, Iran, you know, um, <clears throat> Ukraine, Russia, and, and, and all these, these other things. Our, you know, we, our, our national security right now is compromised because... Well, it was um, compromised when Brandon walked into the White House. They, they stole the White House, you know, and they're about to coronate Mike Pence to, to, to steal it again. <laughs> you know, it's going to be... This, mm-hmm. is, this is so ridiculous. He's the first person that's ever uh, um, given his own election to the opposite party, <laughs> you know, to win. He's, he's stolen his own election. Right. So it's, it's fascinating what's happening. But Twitter, this is now, see, but this, now we all knew this. Everything that's coming out now, we all knew. We knew they were doing this. We knew they were all suspect. We knew that most of Twitter is, is foreign nationals, it looks like, uh, either on H1 visas or, or something. But they certainly have no allegiance to this country. They don't believe in free, free speech. They don't believe in the Constitution. So they hired a bunch of people. This is something that hasn't been reported. But they hired a, a ton of people that were specifically opposed to free speech and think it's better to control speech for the greater good. And there they are. So this is a part that's not being reported, but what, what Elon Musk is doing is fabulous. So what, what's the latest on that? Because I'm, I'm really curious uh, as to where that sends. And I'll, then I'll ask uh, Pianchi to, to join in here in a second. Well, he says, but he says, what's going on? Get ready for two point, he's, he's already said get ready for 2.0. Okay. That there's another, he, he's going to dump another chapter. So now remember that Twitter <clears throat> provably, um, uh, you know, stole mm-hmm. the election. In 2020, right. um, by by um, covering up the they 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 miss what's the, what's the good for it? They they frauded it through misinformation. So the people that, that complain the most about misinformation, I, I, yeah, but I'm, use I'm it. thinking of I, I'm going to the point of stealing at this point. Okay, tell me why. Um, if you I'm read curious. some of if, well, because if you read some of the you know some of the things that they found the mm-hmm. um uh manipulation of news and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the flagging information on Twitter and them taking it down in real time. It's like mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, the Democrats are saying, you know, can you do something about this? And then the response yeah, not even the government handled. It's not even the, F- they said the FBI at first, but it's really the Democrat party was directing Twitter. You know, it's like they're, well, uh, they're the, the PR. Oh, it is both? Okay, so have you got evidence of both FBI and – see, but they, they need to start naming names. I mean, if Elon Musk is going to do any good at all, he's got to name names. He's got to name Hillary. He's got to name um, uh, Chris Ray uh, at FBI. He's got to name um, – what's his name? The, the guy that's uh, the attorney general. I keep forgetting his name. I hate that man. <laughs> Evil little you know, person he is. But he needs to name names. Who's that? The, the head of, who's the attorney general? Well, now? the thing is – Garden, the thing Garland, is, is that he, name? Yeah. His name is what he did on Garland. Friday. Thank you, Pianchi. Remember Merrick he, Garland. The tw- yeah. Twitter, yes, thank you. He, Twitter, like, for example, after the Oath Keeper case, uh-huh. Merrick right. Garland goes on TV and comments, while hundreds of almost identical case trials are still pending, totally unethical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like they try to say, they've tried to ask presidents, like, would you comment? I said, well, I'm in the chain of command, and, and so I'm not going to comment. Merrick Garland mm-hmm. gets out there and, and you know, pollutes the jury pool and corrupts the system. Um, so, so anyway, they um, – so anyway, but the thing is that was happening through Twitter, mm-hmm. and now Elon Musk owns Twitter. 
So he owns all of their records, all of their emails, all of their text messages. He owns, I'm he owns the whole file. I'm surprised they destroy them. Why didn't they destroy them? Or would that yeah. have been unethical? I mean, how did he protect those? I don't know. But, of course, these days, you know, they say not, you know, nothing is you know, on the Internet. Things are forever. It might, be that they, it might be that they couldn't. What? Is it retrievable? Yeah, it might so be. It might be that you know it's not. It isn't possible to completely get rid of them. Okay. Um. So I don't know, but the thing is, he dumped out gigantic quantities <laughs> of real-time emails, messages, the whole thing. So what you're reading is not somebody's opinion. You're reading the raw materials, which makes it overwhelming and hard to read. But it also is not someone's opinion you can dismiss. Mm-hmm. It's the actual, you know, they've got the actual communications. Now, there's a guy named James Baker, not to be confused with the rhino in the Reagan administration. Yep. Um, and I can't say her name, Gotti, but, you know, it's a V something. A Spell it. How's, um, how's it spelled? That's what I usually do when I can't pronounce it. Well, it's not in front of me because of my situation. Oh, okay. But I, I, um, I, uh, you know, it, they're talking about in real time their efforts to hide uh, the Hunter laptop story. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about in real time how their excuse for saying that it might have been hacked material, they're, they're, they're discussing the fact they know it's not true and mm-hmm. it's not going to hold up. And they're doing, they're, they're doing it purely to delay the, the news story. And, you know, I don't know why. You know, the New York Post is not, uh, you know, I, I assume they should sue. Well, that's um, my favorite source right now for, for just of, of regular journal things. Let me get Pianca in the conversation here. He's been waiting patiently here. Pianca, what's your take okay. on, the, on the Twitter thing, or did you have something else you wanted to comment? And then Jonathan, and we'll get back to it. Pianca? You know, it, it reveals a lot of things. And I was a, a good morning to you, Jonathan. <clears throat> what I was going to make comment on, you was talking about conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And see, what it gets down to is this. All these people can't be lying. If you're in a daycare and 50% of the kids say, oh, mommy, I saw Mr. Herman's pee-pee. Well, that's not a conspiracy. It's something to that. And it needs to be further investigated. You can't just throw it Bigfoot. It's too many damn sightings around the world, the same sort of a creature. So people are seeing something. And on this lady Hobbs in uh, Arizona, this lady needs to be put in jail. Yeah. Because she was doing some really terrible things, Jonathan, terrible things, and I don't understand it. And then mm-hmm. you got this one state and amongst others that keep coming up in these controversies when it comes down to elections and ballots. And what do they all have in common, Bianchi? Mm-hmm. Let me give you a little test here. What do they all have in common, all the controversial states? They all have one thing in common. Tell us. <laughs> okay. They all have a second slate of Trump electors. See, that's the Achilles heel. This is what the January 6th committee, we've talked about this over and over and over and over again. That's the Achilles heel. Every state that we're talking about with a controversial election has a slate of Republican electors from the state legislature, Arizona especially. Now, I had an idea. So can you by... imagine that Go she ahead. told the electors that they didn't sign off on the certification of the uh, uh, the 2020-2022 election, that they would be 
charged with a felony in, in prison? Yeah, let's ask Jonathan that one. That's a really good point. I'd forgotten that one. Jonathan, did you hear about that? Well, I haven't seen this in detail, but okay. what it sounds to me is that this is a crime, and it is a crime exactly like what they're trying to pin on um, Trump concerning Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with Georgia is just that his lawyers aren't um, – aren't uh you know, that before. <laughs> uh well they they're not uh telling us the whole story but what they falsely claim that that Trump did in Georgia mm-hmm. this appears to be you know uh undeniable that they committed that crime in Arizona by right. by um and apparently there was stuff behind the scenes that was not even public that um makes it a threat and again, if there were, you know, it's a, if there were a an honest attorney general in the state or in the country, um, and they finally, or, or somebody gets the point, says, you know what, I just I can't do this anymore. Um, I've got to um, be honest. Um, they should convene a grand jury in Arizona. Um, is, is this a Larry Clayman thing, or is this a Jonathan Mosley thing, or is this no, like somebody you know thing? Well, I mean, it could be, but. See, Larry Clayman and all these other people, the problem is we're trying to, to trying to substitute in a private litigation role for the government not doing its job. Okay. That's and a good point. That's very hard. I mean there are things you can do, but they're very they're they're very unlikely to succeed and the and the judges hate them. Mm-hmm. And the judges hate them precisely because they might work. <laughs> you know, anything like, anything like freedom of information yeah. or anything like that, you know, anything that could actually help people, the uh, the courts have, oh, what's a good example? It's like, well, it's too positive to talk about a pearl. But, you know, they've created this cyst around, you know, any legal concept that could work to bring our country back, the courts have, like, built this this. <laughs> around it. <laughs> to, well, to, yeah. No, go ahead. I finished that. I got a question for you. No. I'm, I'm over anxious to ask. Uh, okay, all right. Go ahead. So the consent decrees that uh, I think the Supreme Court imposed on the South and on Texas in terms of voting. Uh, I was I had an idea. In fact, uh, you should go back and listen to the show. We have Wendy Rogers from Arizona, state uh, senator, uh, Air Force pilot, the whole bit. She was great. Hopefully, I want to get her back on. Um, but uh, I had an idea. Uh, for Arizona, uh, that uh, they should split Maricopa County because Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, represents over 60 percent of the entire Arizona vote. Well, that in itself is a monopoly. And the fact that the, 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 um, the, the supervisors of Maricopa County control the election, and I don't care if they're the Republicans, they're, they're working for the deep state. And so my idea was that Maricopa is broken up into separate, independently governed voting precincts or voting districts. Um, and I don't know how that would happen. I think hopefully the Arizona legislature will do it. I'm going to give the idea to, to Wendy and see what she thinks. But as far as uh, the courts, could they do another consent decree and break up Maricopa County into separate, independent voting districts so they don't have this problem? Is that possible? Supervised by the court. And I don't like court supervision, but I don't like what Arizona is doing either. Jonathan? Uh- I don't know. I mean, I think that the courts, unless you attack the consent decree directly um, or say that it's been violated in other ways. Um, no, this is the issue. Try, one. Not, would, not, uh, I'm not trying to get rid of one. I'm trying to have one issued over Maricopa County to break them up into separate independent voting districts. 
but, something but, that well, the state legislature should do. If you, split, if you split it into two counties, that the, the consent decree would go with both of them. Right. No, I'm not splitting the county. I'm just splitting the voting into separate jurisdictions within the county that the supervisors have no control over. So in other words, if you have, say, 10 independent uh, voting precincts within Maricopa County that are all independently governed, independently counted, uh, no votes can cross the district lines, no drop boxes, no nothing. They all, they're all basically separate entities within Maricopa County, separately counting, separately reporting. Would that go a long way to get rid of the vote fraud? I'm getting a little background noise in the line, Jonathan, too. So I think it's your line. Yeah, or maybe okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but if, if, could they be broken up into separate entities? Just for voting. Well, yeah. And would that be a consent decree, or would that be the state legislature would do that? I mean, the, the, the state of Arizona can certainly subdivide its counties. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that's going to help. Now, I mean, if, if what you're saying is going to help by getting honest leadership, then, well, yes. I mean, the problem, there is something deeply sick with Arizona, um, obviously. And well, the rest of the state's fine. You know, it's just it's just Phoenix is the, the Democrat, you know, big city of Phoenix is this problem. Well, that's an idea. Can county can the state legis- who defines the counties? Does the state legislature redraw county boundaries? That might be an idea. Break up Maricopa into, you know, seven or eight counties or five or six or four. I mean, whatever. Break it up into something, but break it up. It's a monopoly. It's a is any trust. It's like a voter antitrust violation, if that makes sense. I just made that term up. But yes. Well, yeah, they can do that. But the problem is, is that there's something about the politics of Arizona that, that is just deeply corrupt, even on, on the Republicans. Okay. And, you know, that's why I mean, Terry Lake was so important. Well, you got trains going get, by? <laughs> that wasn't her, no, that's, that's me. Uh, I should have had my, my mic mute. <laughs> the market opened. Oh, the mar- that was the market bell. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if you have to go wheel and deal, we understand. But uh, be nice to have but you for a little bit. Go ahead, Jonathan. I mean, there's, that's why that's why it's so disappointing what happened with Carrie Lake because not senator. You know, part of what was so important was for her <laughs> to, you know, to try to clean out that that mess. And and I don't know why why there is such a determination in the state of Arizona to remain completely corrupt. Well, because it's part well, of the state. Well, I, go ahead, go ahead, Pianca. I want to bring up the story. Yeah. The story right. is here that uh, Katie Hobbs is running for governor, and at the same time, she's uh, sitting over, presiding over the election. Then yes. she sends a letter, she sends a, a, a command out to the election commissioners in, uh, I think it's Mojave County, that who has a question about the uh, machines and so forth and the ballot, and he said he was forced to sign under duress because he didn't want to be charged with a felony. But why didn't he hit, why didn't he stand trial? Why didn't he force the force the trial? I would have. I would I'm not gonna I would never you know go under that kind of coercion. I would force a trial. And then I call Jonathan <laughs> to defend me. Yeah. But I you he's, know he's the chair yeah, that's of the Mojave County Board of Supervisors stated earlier that's that why he I, was only voting to certify the state election under legal duress. 
or illegal duress. Okay. Huh? Well, of course, the carry, yeah, no, that's why I think Katie Hobbs and her team has committed crimes. Okay. Um, I mean, that's mafia. I mean, that's uh, the godfather. Either your signature or your brains will be on this this contract. Yeah. Um, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Okay, so now now we're going to talk about Arizona politics. You know, if you come to me with respect, I would have let you vote honorably, but you didn't want to do it. So now we're going to do it the old-fashioned way, okay? We're going to count the votes the way we want to count the votes. How are we doing? <laughs> Pretty good. And, and the thing Thank is, you. is that it also, it also makes it invalid under the law. If right. someone puts a gun to your head and tells you to sign the deed to your house over, um, that that deed is not valid. If you can so prove who's it, who's going to overturn this? Who's going to overturn Katie Hobbs? Is the state legislature? Well, the Arizona courts would have to. Okay. And uh, how about that's why I the... don't understand. I mean, like in any in any normal world, uh-huh. this is like you know Arizona is like bizarro world. Okay. In any normal world, right. A hundred of these things would not be happening. Um, so where's the attorney general of Arizona? Just, what's, what's his name? He starts with a B. He's the guy that put Bujenovich or whatever. He's sort of like the, the Illinois guy. He's the one that put containers. Remember the, the, the attorney general of Arizona put containers on the, on the Arizona-Mexico border. I mean, literal containers, shipping containers stacked up too high and made a wall. So he's capable of doing good yeah, things. And that, I was, that was a good thing. But why, isn't he, yeah, why he hasn't seemed, he put a freeze on this election? I don't know. I don't know. He seems he seems to be like on both sides of every issue. I mean, oh. I, I don't understand him. I mean, I, maybe I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'll see if I can get Tina. She lives out in Arizona. She she's a frequent contributor to our show here. She's very active in Arizona politics. Try to get my friend on. I don't know if he well, wants to. Who's this to person be. you mentioned? Yeah, he was um, Ron Wilcox. Who's that? You talked about him earlier in the show. He he's the uh, head of the northern Northern Virginia Tea Party. I've known oh, him for decades. He knows a lot about. Yes, I want him. Yeah, let's get him next week. I can probably get him on Thursday if you want. Um, oh, Thursday. But he, um, you said you needed, to, you, you had a, you weren't sure what was happening on Thursday. Oh no, no, no! That doesn't mean I. I mean, you don't have to find a guest for me. I mean, if you want to come back on the show, we've got plenty of time Thursday. Uh, do you know who I'm actually? I'm holding things open a little bit. Do you know who's going to be on the show as soon as I can arrange it? Uh, David Stockman, uh, Reagan's budget director. So that's in the works. Wow, so let me hold. Great. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so let's hold off until I can get that squared away, then we can get Ron on. Well, the the um, left he, is all saying is all saying uh-huh. like that us going after Hunter's laptop would means that we're not, you know, trying to figure out control inflation, and like we don't need no, that's to just, figure yeah, out how to. No. We, yeah, we know how to. We, uh, you know, it's like stop. You know, just stop the Democrats from doing what the Democrats do. I mean mm-hmm. the. Democrats cause inflation. That's what they do. Yeah. And so um, the overspending, I mean, you know, we could, you could wake David Stockman up in the middle of the night and say, can you give me five minutes to stop control inflation? And he'd solve the problem in five minutes. And, well, that's what you know, and, uh, I'm going to present him with our, our bill, the bill, the constitutional amendment to, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That's why I want him on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> let's see what happens from that. Well, listen, I already had Peter Navarro <laughs> on, and he got three of our bills to take to Trump, and the, uh, he said he would come back. So we're going to – this is this is serious. I just formed the, the Trump uh, – the Action Radio Trump 2024 campaign page. 
This is exactly why I did that. So that these people that come on the show that are high-ranking public officials uh, can, can seriously consider our citizen legislation as an alternative to the nonsense that's coming out everywhere else. Well, I don't want to talk about that so much, Jonathan, on, the, uh, uh, on that. I've got some really – I've got some big issues. Now, I wrote something down while you were talking earlier uh, about the Democrats you know, accusing us. And I wrote down the best defense is a false accusation. <laughs> it used to be a, a good offense. I think the best defense that's, now is a false uh, accusation. Yeah. That's a great saying. How 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 horribly cynical, but absolutely true. And, and it's a yeah. it's a very good it's a very good. Well, thing. Thank you. I have my moments. Ball let ball. me do something. Let me let me bring somebody else to the conversation too for Pianchi and uh, and Jonathan. Dick Morris. Uh, I watch I watch Dick Morris now on uh, Newsmax since uh, I have I have a Roku. My Directv is gone, and it doesn't get Fox News. Um, I need to upgrade or something like that. Anyway, so I've been watching more Newsmax, and Dick Morris is one of the very few people uh, that I actually trust in politics, one of the few others being Brit Hume and, and a few other, and Newt Gingrich. Anyway, so Dick Morris, about a month or so before the election, started talking about the Republicans are screwing themselves over because they're, they're, they're letting the Democrats vote early and bank all their votes, and they're putting everything onto Election Day, so all you have to do is sabotage Election Day, and the Republicans are screwed. He was saying this a month ahead, so he knew, right? And I listened to that, and I thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely right, because I used to be one of the uh, you know, vote on Election Day uh, converts, and then I thought about that, you know what? And so about three weeks before the election, after thinking about this, I said, I started changing my tune on the show. I said, we better vote early. I said, I don't like, uh, I, I refuse to accept uh, mail uh, drop boxes. I, hate, I don't like mail-in voting, but if you vote at the, at the elections office, if that's where your, your early voting is, <clears throat> and do that, there's only, there's only so far the election machine can travel, you know, like five feet, you know, through the wall. Uh, into the actual elections counting place. Um, but so, so that made a lot of sense. But he came up with three rules. I'm going to go over these. I think these make a lot of sense. Uh, this, is, this is Dick Morris's rules for the Republicans to win. He said, first rule, vote early. Every day is election day. I want to take these separately. But the, the Democrats, what they do is they, they count the people who have voted. If you haven't voted and you're on the registration, they know who's voted, right? They know when you've been naughty. They know when you've been nice. They, they know when the Democrats vote. And they go talk to them and say, hey, you haven't voted yet. Why don't you get out and vote early? So they had banked the win for Fetterman before the debate. That's why they scheduled the debate after early voting, after all the Democrat votes were banked, because they didn't want to present him until it was too late. That was a great strategy. And the Geldings, you know, Mm -hmm. they're still pushing this vote on Election Day. I think that's, I mean, although honorably, principally, it's the right thing to do, I think practically it's insane, because all they have to do is screw up a light. Look at Maricopa County. The machines didn't work. They didn't have the ballots. They didn't have the ink. They didn't have the printing. The lines were too long. I mean, how many thousands upon thousands of people went home? Because they had a three-hour wait just to vote, where the Democrats have already voted, you know, two weeks previously. They voted in five minutes. They walk in, they cast their early vote, and they go home. The key, I, I really believe that early voting is a strategy that Republicans should adopt. And I got two more after that. But um, what do you think? Voting Election Day doesn't work. Not now. Well, I think, yeah. And I think, first, first the, my, my only negative reaction to that is I don't think we're letting them vote, you know, Vote early or vote recently. Republicans have tried to bring integrity, and, and we're being, you know, we're being attacked. You're getting quiet. Vote, all kinds of nonsense. Like Your voice that. is fine. Um, I can't hear you. <clears throat> Get closer. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Oh. Jonathan, you're breaking up. I, I can't hear you. Where'd he go? Whatever the rules are. Okay, now you're back. It's like Schwarzkopf used to say, when you're on the battlefield, the enemy gets a vote. So whatever tactic, strategy, approach you take, the other side is going to react. Right. So, so whatever, whatever vulnerability you offer them, 
they're going to exploit it. So by us saying everybody vote on election day, they're like, oh, so it's not like it's, it's not so much Oh, you're breaking up again. Jonathan, you're you're getting quiet. It's like in waves. You kind of come in, go out, come in and go out. It's like you're riding a a, a very – it's like you're riding a big cell phone wave. Your voice gets louder, it gets softer, it gets louder, it gets softer. And it's like a, a several-second pattern. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm going to go you. buy a new phone tomorrow. Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. Well, but uh, you know, I mean, if, you, if you if Republicans say we're only voting on election day, that's like waving a big red flag, saying sabotage election day to the Democrats. Right, but but if you you know, but I, what I was trying to say is that they uh-huh. the enemy will respond to whatever you know w- when they know your strategy, they will figure out a way to counter it. Right. Hmm. Bianchi, what do you think of early voting? Well, it's the. Uh, I think it should be limited to a certain number of days. I don't think it should be months like some people want. Okay, I'd say two weeks. Have. Two weeks is reasonable, because I like the idea of, of having you're going to get more people voting. Better. I'm sorry, go ahead, Bianca. You were talking. Go ahead. I think a week, Greg. Two weeks is too long. Okay, I could do with I could do with a week, as long as you have time to get people in there, so there isn't a huge line. The biggest reason for for voting, uh, and Republicans are more busy because the Democrats are you know they're 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 either rich or on welfare, so they can they can afford to sit in the line for three hours. The Republicans can't. We got jobs, we got companies, we got things to do, and so oh yeah, that's a great. You like that generalization? You want to counter me? Go ahead, call. <laughs> anyway, but um, I think as long as you have some period of early voting to disperse the vote. Um, but they have to be counted, and they should. All those early votes should be counted. You know, you close off early voting maybe three or four days, five days, whatever. You know, if you vote on a Tuesday, it should be done by Friday, you know, or or the Saturday. So okay, so those all the early votes are counted. So those results are known. So I don't have to worry about counting those by election day. The only votes that you have to count are the ones that are on election day, and those are cataloged by the machines anyway, by the tabulating machines. So by the, as soon as the polls close, you should know the results. So I don't have a problem with uh, – my problem is, is – uh, yeah. So votes should be – elections should be invalidated in precincts where they don't report the vote with what? Within two hours or three hours or maybe even by midnight uh, of, uh, of the election. So if you don't have the results out by midnight, then, you're, then you're whatever jurisdiction is invalid. That would be an improvement I would make. Well, well, yes, it well, can be done. Um, it should be done the same day. How about you can't be on the ballot if you won't debate before early That's voting. a good one too. Yeah, I'd love it. You know, I'd love to have it. if you if you don't if you won't debate, you can't. Well, I don't see. You'd have to say if uh, you you have to be taken off the ballot if you don't debate. You'd have to have the debate within like six weeks of the election so they could fix the ballot. That might be a little hard to implement. But we mm-hmm. could certainly we could certainly say that uh, votes no vote can be uh, when the polls close. That also closes the mail-in, that includes the drop boxes, that includes that, uh, that cuts off all ballots of any kind. You know, if they're not in by the time the polls close, they're not in. And, the re- and any result that comes after the polls close doesn't count. So all election results should be in by the and time the know, polls close and announced within two hours, say. And anything after that doesn't count. That would, that would stop you know what it, What's that? Jonathan, uh, I've seen a Republican, John Ashcraft, Ash, mm-hmm. Ashcraft. And I think he's I think he's running for U.S. Senate, and he refused to debate Alan Wheat from Kansas City, who was his opponent. So Republicans do it too. 
Well, Republicans take money from FTX, too. That's another thing. You know, I mean, they're, they're getting the, the money laundering from Ukraine just as much as the Democrats, it's turning out. So there's no, there's no integrity there. Um, I'll go over these elements later because Dick Morris also said vote by mail, which I disagree with. And he also said harvest ballots, learn to vote like Democrats. <laughs> that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, better to make harvest, ballot harvesting illegal, but where it's legal, then the Republicans need to be just as crooked and just as sneak as the Democrats. But my thing is to get uh, remove party membership from anybody who serves in office. You should not be able to belong to a party well, I mean, who serves in office. Go ahead, John. My rule is that the only time a bad law gets repealed is when it starts to hurt Democrats. <laughs> like the independent counsel law. When, 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 they, when they went after Clinton, the independent counsel law got uh, sunsetted. Uh-huh. Because they, they, uh, you know, they were you, the you know, Newt Gingrich was using it against um, Clinton, and so um, then they said, well, we can't have that, so they they sunsetted the the law. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. I was I was trying to find out online if the Democrats had ever challenged the Republican Senate majority, where they used the vice president to count as one of their members. Uh, because it's my contention that the vice president is not a member of the Senate, that they do enter the Senate for the purposes of, of breaking a tie vote, and that's in the Constitution, so I'm not questioning that. Uh, but what I am questioning is whether these, the vice president of whatever party they're in can be actually counted uh, as a member of that party for all, all the committee or the regular Senate business for anything that's not a tie vote. And I would say no. So I'm just wondering if the Democrats have ever you know, been their usual hip- hypocrite selves and, and said that during a, uh, a Republican claim, to Senate majority that the Republicans claimed the vice president and Democrats said, you can't do that. I'm just wondering um, if that works. The, the vice president should not be counted because they're not a member of the Senate in terms of uh, majority. I don't know, but, but since they are hypocrites, I'd be pretty sure that they've taken every such position. Um, <laughs> okay. Every, every, every I just couldn't find it yeah, on, my, on my liberal search engine. Yeah. So why is the vice president counted? Well, party, uh, party majority. Presides, which means to run the proceedings, and right. that and that the vice president uh, breaks ties. Um, but they don't have to be there for a committee staff. They shouldn't be on the committees. I mean, that that's only concerning the full Senate. But during regular well, I don't know, business, the is, yeah. The the um the there is a there is a a, a master vote. Establishing okay. the rules for each session and establishing who's on the committees. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not a committee by committee vote. It is it is one big vote, but it's still not a bill. It's a, and and one could say that the, uh, the the Constitution says that each house shall be the the arbiter of its own rules. So one one could argue then that mm-hmm. um, that establishing committees and setting it up is not a bill to which the um, vice president can break can break ties. But, you know, I don't know. I've never delved okay. into that. Just curious. A very interesting well, question. Well, let's get out of the Oath Keepers. We've got about uh, 13 minutes, 12 minutes left um, before we switch over to Dorothy Diana. Complete change into the Sex and Sensuality Report. Um, but uh, you had a try. You had some well, of the Oath Keepers you wanted to talk about. I don't know if I can do the Oath Keepers in 13 minutes. I... I think what I might do is, if Save you don't mind, is, is, is continue back on Twitter. Okay. Because That's fine. when you see some of these things, to, you know, there's several, several issues. One of it, 
my mind starts to go to obstruction of justice. I mean, the involvement of government and the involvement is to cover up evidence of a crime and to cover up all this stuff is so, even though they're a media thing and they're coming, but their involvement is so extreme that, you know, if you or I did it, we'd be charged with witness tampering. We'd be charged with obstruction of justice, um, you know, to, to cover up. And again, I want to emphasize that you know, because the, the left is saying like, oh, we're, you know, I don't care about Hunter Laptop's, um, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, and, but, but the issue is whether, the issue is not the laptop. The issue is, is that um, there's a massive bribery uh, conspiracy in which the, the bribes were laundered, which is another mm-hmm. crime, to Hunter Biden. So, so giving the bribes to um, giving the bribes to uh, um, Hunter for the big guy is money laundering, okay. and that's an independent crime. So um, that's what that that's what what we sh- what we should care about, and and that this whole effort has been to cover up a crime. And um, because Fire what's question. his name? The, the, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, who, the owner of the, the computer company right. is a witness. So this is, you know, this is witness tampering, both, both in terms of trying to intimidate him by threats to not, not testify, to not come forward, and also to discredit him as a witness. So that's another crime uh, by Twitter. By um, by the uh, um, you know the various people involved and the and the Democratic Party and the the White House that's a that's a crime of witness tampering obstruction of justice money laundering well the the, the the crime they're covering up is is the, by the Biden family is money laundering and soliciting bribes and taking bribes. Sounds like a RICO so, violation. Could they prosecute under RICO? That's what it sounds like. It's what Where's RICO Giuliani? was created. Yeah, where's Giuliani? Yeah, it's, it's, huh? I said, where's Giuliani when we need him? That would be good. Well, that, of course, that's why the left has been systematically trying to attack and silence everybody. Okay. Like Giuliani is is going to have to face the fact that he's under attack. But um, yeah, Giuliani would be the perfect spokesman to come out and say this has to be dealt with. Right. Um. And um. But uh, but that, I mean that's what Rico lives for, is something like this. So then there's the um, House Judiciary, the House Intelligence, the House Government Oversight. There are the House committees that are allegedly being run by Republicans, although I can't consider Kevin McCarthy one. Uh, do you have any faith at all that Kevin McCarthy uh, will actually let something good uh, come out of a, of a Republican House? Or is he, as I suspect, you know, Paul Ryan too? and that nothing decent will happen as long as he's there. Well, I think he has shown that he will try to put up the image that he's doing something. And so if people, you know, if we put enough pressure on him publicly, mm-hmm. I think he wants to pretend. You know, whereas, whereas Mitch McConnell will stab you in the back. <laughs> you know, he will, he, he will he, you know, now Mitch McConnell will get, Mitch McConnell 
will give a press conference, you know, praising you and saying all the right things, and then it'll show up at three in the in the morning in your house and you know and, and put a stiletto in your in your heart. Um, whereas I think Kevin McCarthy just wants to be popular, and so as long as there's an uproar, I think he will do the right thing. As soon as the uproar dies down, um, he will he'll do the wrong thing. <laughs> um, yeah, he'll he'll yeah he'll he'll completely stop. It's like do you remember like 15 years ago or something like that during the Clinton administration, there was uh-huh. this outrage about how China was buying Pier J. Yeah, and, I vaguely remember that. Long Beach. It was 25 years ago. And everybody, I mean, even Hillary Clinton was saying, oh, this is terrible. We've got to stop it. And this is, this is wrong. And, and I'm going to introduce legislation. And everybody introduced legislation. And right. then when the public lost interest, they all just went back to business as usual. Well, that's, so that's, normally, that's what like gun control. To understand. It's your like gun your control short-term... Yeah. Huh? It's like gun control. Your they don't get a bill passed for a certain time. Yeah. Yeah, your short-term outrage doesn't count. What counts is when you're outraged and you don't stop. Uh, if you, okay. it, because they will, I mean, even Hillary, I mean, everybody had a bill to, to keep China from controlling um, to, you know, our port. The jade market, yeah. And they actually introduced legislation, and then they dropped it. Once the public, because they all figure that the public will move on, they'll get busy, they'll, they'll forget mm-hmm. about it, and, they, and the public won't care anymore. So to a large extent, whether these people do the right thing or not is going to depend upon whether your audience and other conservatives refuse to forget. See, you have this to be is, elephants with long memories. Yeah. But this is the whole purpose of, uh, this is one of the biggest purposes behind Action Radio. This is why we, we, we're, we're operating on changing the laws, not worrying about the people. They don't care who's in office. I mean, I really don't. Because uh, there's not enough difference between them to, to matter. And as long as we have parties controlling the people that do want to do the good stuff, uh, that doesn't matter either. So if you actually work with the laws, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Like we, you know, Twitter could be solved easily. In fact, I said this, you know, when, when Elon Musk bought Twitter. If he'd simply given a few million dollars to a marketing effort for our Section 230 bill, he could have sued them for nothing, changed everything. Uh, and everybody could have, you know, Trump could have sued uh, Twitter. Anybody could sue any of these big tech companies they want. You remember my lawsuit? You know, I talked about things like public accommodation. You know, that Twitter was, was legally bound under public accommodation and civil rights laws to allow everybody to use their platform. Otherwise, it's segregation. Just like not having black folks go to restaurants in the South. What's the difference? Conservatives mm-hmm. not going to Twitter. It's the same thing. So they violate all these different things, and yet that was never called. But if you actually have a bill about it, and that bill doesn't change. And even if, the, if something out of uh, Congress comes out completely different than the bill we passed or the bill that we, we, we put forward, it doesn't matter because we've still got the original bill. So, so transparency doesn't matter. I mean, they can twist it around and put something else out. But they say, well, look, here's where we started. Here's what you got. I can't support that. You know, you've totally violated and restructured in your own way to, to please your special interests what we put forward. It's like if they put forward that they take our vaccine liability bill and totally twist it around so that uh, Big Pharma still isn't liable. Well, we're going to know immediately because we're going to look at their bill and all their twisted language and, and pull out exactly the part that says that uh, Big Pharma isn't liable anymore. You know, and we're going to know that. We say, look, you, you totally screwed it up. We put forward the right bill. You've messed it up. Now you're going to be accountable. But if you don't have the bill ahead of time, there's no standard. This is why it's so important for us to be huge, to get public uh, stuff out there. You know, we got the Mario Prado with the movie The Falcon, which is he's really working with us here at Action Radio in ways that I can't even tell you yet. 
But it's fascinating what's happening. So there's a good chance that we are going to be very well known um, because of a Hollywood film. And he'll announce some stuff tomorrow. Well, that, so would be, that would be why you do want to have all those bills out there. It's like a fundraising uh, friend of mine. Well, let's talk fundraising. Talks about That's my new push. Let's talk huh? fundraising. Why isn't Heritage donating to us? We do ten times more. We do like a thousand times more work than they do. Productive ideas come out of. We have more productive ideas than Heritage has had in the last fifty years. Well, yeah. that's why they don't donate to you. They're <laughs> <laughs> part of the. That's a good point. They're, they're part, I mean, they're part, I, I told you that John Grigsby, who's since gone completely nuts as a, some kind of extreme cynical libertarian or whatever, but he used to be a friend, he, he was passing out flyers for a demonstration. We, we had our office on the third floor of the Heritage Foundation, which was for various organizations. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, I remember. And okay, go Heritage ahead. The Foundation has the top floors. Right. And he said, you know, they, they, they stopped him and says, you know, we don't do activism on, quote, unquote, the floors. So he was kicked out of the Heritage Foundation for passing out a flyer about a about a, a rally. Wow. That's that's why Heritage Foundation doesn't donate to you or do anything else. I mean, let let let's let's give the Heritage Foundation credit. They keep for the wine and cheese and green oh, yeah. industry. <laughs> yeah. And and wine, you know, in in uh, in good trim. That's about Yeah. You know, if you want consumption of wine and cheese and crackers <laughs> then the heritage foundation is it's your if you're if you're a catering it, company your, in dc you know if you have a limo service <laughs> the heritage foundation that's Absolutely. your place yeah. oh god well you know right. i joked about this so, again, told me too, that uh, it, if it, i could have their budget it's for all luncheon. phony <laughs> mm-hmm. give me their luncheon budget it, 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 i'll change the it's world it's all phony yeah. and it's worse than you think and if yeah. i tell you that it's phony it's even worse than you can imagine Oh, go ahead. Tell me. How bad um, is it? We got two minutes. <laughs> oh, it's it's. I I mean, they're not just they're not just doing these things. They're experts at deceiving you, hmm. into into thinking that you're doing something. You know, they they they're they're not only not doing anything for America, but right. they are studied, practiced con men. Uh, the Heritage Foundation and all the rest of them, at making people believe that they're with the people. And they're doing something, and they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a damn thing. Well, do a search on, and, on bills and, put forward by the Heritage Foundation. You're not going to find much. No, or if anything, yeah. I mean, they do they do briefing books and things. And they do some things, but they don't. You know, they just hand out leaflets. They don't do anything. And you know, I'm a member of Heritage Action, which is their PAC thing, and they. You know, they just tell you what's happening and they don't do anything. You know, they might say, like, call your member, which, like, nobody – I mean, you understand, I interned in, uh, you know, for the 45 seconds. I interned in Congress. Mm-hmm. And what – when you call your Congress or fax them or, you know, these days email or send them a letter, they have a whole system set up to respond to it, count them, send an, send a form letter back. Right. And it never, you know, the, the the member maybe looks at a tabulation every now and then, the the, the congressman or senator, but mm-hmm. they are literally set up to take all of your inputs and pretend that they're list- that they're reading it, but they're not. Yeah. So that's why I gave up on writing letters because I, again, I realize you've got to change the law. We have to change the laws ourselves because they're not going to do it. 
So we need people, you know, it's a totally different philosophy on how to do it. But Ron Wilcox, I used to have another friend of mine who was in uh, um, the Tea Party movement as well. And I'm going to contact her. Uh, but uh, if we can get the Tea Party, what's left of it, you know, to start uh, sharing bills within the Tea Party, that would be huge. That would help the demand for, for our legislation and get it into the media, yeah. especially if they know media people. You know, so we need to start coalescing with other groups. We need to get to, I'm trying to get involved in the Trump campaign. I'm trying to uh, get any group that wants to help out that can expand, you know, the, the, the spread of our bills. Any, any uh, person, any talk show host who wants to become an action host, you know, and start just sharing bills with their audience and start being active. You know, I'm working on all these different angles and it's not working because until, you know, they say nothing succeeds like success. Well, in other words, if people want to prove no one wants to help us. As soon as we got our first bill passed, everybody's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, let me help out. No, you, you can't wait till the bread is baked. You've got to come in now. You get, if you've got the vision to help us, then now is the time. And so I'll be working on some major fundraising and, and other things to help promote this whole idea of citizen legislation. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. You know, people don't, if they don't share the bills right. until we get a bill passed, we're not going to get a bill passed. All right. And, of course, we have to educate. Everybody knows by now, I hope, that the name of the bill is complete you know, BS. Not ours. That Theirs. whatever, whatever yeah. the sponsor names it is mm-hmm. probably the opposite. Um, so um, it's like this whole idea that, and, and again, there are certain issues I don't really care about personally, except I hate dishonest arguments. Okay. And um, the whole thing about transsexual, I know we're probably out of time. But it's well, like, okay. Well, Dorothy's oh, on the line, uh, but we can. Uh, this will be a good kind of land on if she wants to comment or not. You know, it's up to like, her. It's up to her. Yeah. It, it's like it's like gonna save lives. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, it's gonna the idea that you're gonna um, that if if we say that when you show up in the morning to teach school, mm-hmm. you should teach school, not have a therapy session. <laughs> you know, or uh, you're not a licensed. <laughs> you're live, Dorothy. Young can have. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Dr. Hello. Youngkin had a, I mean, Go Governor Youngkin had a had an online thing, and he said about, you know, they were they had a comment on his new policy, uh-huh. and so I I put in a comment, and my, when I thought about it, my main comment was, look, you're not licensed doctors, you're not licensed therapists, you're not, you know, you're a school teacher, and and uh, remember, I was in the Department of Education, and there's always been this feeling that school teachers somehow have an insecurity that they're not important enough. So they're always trying to branch out and, you know, make themselves more important uh, while neglecting the really, really, really important things of teaching our our, our children. Um, And so, um, you know, so they want to be, they're not content just to be school teachers. They want to, you know, they want to, um, whatever, re- 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 I would love uh, to comment. Can I, co- yeah, can I feel comment free. briefly? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, sure. so I'm, I'm loving this conversation, first of all, and good morning, everyone. Um, so I feel like teachers might be able to use some boundary training, you know, as part of their education, because I think it's easy in any of the caregiving professions, and I'm going to include teachers in that because I feel like most people who go into teaching have sort of a caregiving spirit. Mm-hmm. as do people who go into nursing, which is my profession. And what you do see is although they're amazing people and they have so much to give and we need them, in our culture especially, it seems like there's some kind of some boundary vagueness. And like, for instance, psychiatric nurses, it's just well known that um, 
that frequently they have their own issues going into the career and um, that influences their caregiving. And, you know, I don't want to get in too much into that, but I feel like with teachers also, you know, boundary training, being solid about what your role is and what it is not, and, and great sex ed training for, for, tra- for people who teach sex ed, if they're trained well, they get trained very well in that. Like mm-hmm. your baggage gets put aside, you teach the facts, and you send the values home to the parents. It is not your job to teach ethics, morals, and values. It's your job to teach um, the solid facts as we know it in an age-appropriate and developmentally appropriate way. And so we're missing some of that right now. <laughs> Well, let me ask uh, both you and Jonathan, who got the end of the line, too, a question. And, and you know, Should, that's dominant, great, but I, I hope it's a segue no, for ahead. you. It, yeah, it, go ahead. But, go ahead. Is that the policy Youngkin's administration put out, one of the things I said, and most of it is good and the left hated it, but it was, it was, it started out with the idea that uh, the children are entrusted to the schools for their development. And my reaction is, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. No. You know, now, if somebody, yeah. if, if parents want to send the children to you, and, and again, I apologize for not knowing exactly your focus and, and, and things, that's fine. You know, it, it's just that, it's just to me, like if there's 50 minutes to teach mathematics and you take 10 minutes of that to say, you know, my gay hus- husband and I went <laughs> skiing, yes. um, you're not teaching mathematics. It, it, it's my and like I say, I don't really care about some of these issues except for when people give arguments that like just make like fingernails on the chalkboard to me. Well, um, one of the so, basic proponents when you're teaching someone how to teach sex ed is you you teach them to keep their personal life personal. You're not you're you're not this child's best friend. You're their guide and their mentor. You don't need to share your personal life. And if they ask, we are trained to deflect that and to um, create a boundary and and show them how to create a boundary by saying, you know, my personal life, I like to keep it personal, but I can tell you what what we've learned from a large percentage of the population on that topic. So that kind of language could be taught to teachers, right? How do you keep your boundaries? um, You don't need to share your personal life. It's not their business. You're not their best friend. Right. So I think you should, Mm -hmm. you, you and people like you should do it. Not, and I should get off because I'm over time. Yeah. I love okay. your topic, I'm, I'm, and I love it. We're going to talk I want about you two together today, to, and we can totally segue this. As you two get to know each other and start talking, you know, feel free, uh, Dorothy, feel free to call in early, uh, and we can just kind of morph into to your report. Uh, and Jonathan, feel free to stay late. I mean, it's up to you, you know, how much time you've got. I want to ask you both a quick question before we get to uh, Dorothy's report on, on sex and sensuality, and that is I, can, I wrote down teacher contracts. So, and I'm not sure how it works, but should teachers have a clause in their contract that says you will teach history, you know, and you will only teach, you know, history. Uh, you can talk about other subjects within the academic area, but you will not teach values, ethics, moral decisions, religion. Uh, you will not coerce politics. You will not do that. Is there anything like that in, in – do either of you know this? Uh, anything like that in a teacher contract to make sure they don't do this? And if they do, then they're accountable. Does anything like that exist? And it like has to be very clear. It, there can't be any vagueness because when someone comes to the table with baggage – it's a psychi- It's a psychological thing, and they can't help but share their huh. message. So it has to be very clear, right? Specific. Like here's some role playing. Um, Johnny says da 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 da. What is your response? And then you can coach the teacher. Okay, so that response is a little, you know, a little more information you want to give to Johnny. Let's try this instead. So I, I think it needs to be part of the training, Greg. Honestly, like an actual hands-on weekend boundary training. <laughs> well, just so you two could get together think- if you're interested. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'll tell you my yeah. idea. 
Well, and I, and I think I think the best way to approach, the most persuasive way to approach it, is to say, yeah, but you didn't do the job we hired you to do. It's like if I'm hired to make hamburgers, and I spend half my day, you know, talking to my coworkers about you know their girlfriend troubles. It's like, okay, well that's really sweet, but you didn't make the hamburgers. Mm-hmm. I, yes, you know, and I, I think, think that we view. Agreed. I, and mm-hmm. I think we're viewing the public school system as like, you know, something we have to do. I think a lot of people in our culture view it as something they kind of have to do. There's no options. That's just what you do. And we're not viewed as the parents are not viewed as the clients as they should be because they pay for this service. They're viewed as like these low level, you know, um, tertiary, you know, kind of annoyances when they have an opinion or they have a problem with the school system. And we need to read frame that entire way of thinking about the public school system and the teachers. They serve us, right? They're, they're, we are their clients. Mm-hmm. Right. We should get you they two need together to answer more to often. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, is, this is great. All, All right. right. Well, let me, let, me, let me get off. I've got a, you know, okay. I've moved. Um, I don't advertise. I'm not going to advertise where I am. Um, you know, I may go get some coffee for the FBI surveillance van across the street or whatever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so anyway, I'm in the middle of like being all torn apart moving. So I'll just let, I'll just, uh, uh, okay. let, you know, move on. We'll do it next then. week. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Great. Here you go. Thank you, Jonathan. Nice to speak with you. You know, it's interesting about uh, both of you are both involved in education. Jonathan used to work for the Department of Education. Uh, he's a criminal defense attorney. And so mm. he knows education matters. And you, being a, being a sex ed teacher, know education matters. So I was going to tell Jonathan and you, if you ever want to get, and, you, and you're both uh, in our group, you know, we, we have an action radio chat group. You guys can talk directly and, and uh, you know, get each other's Facebook pages and things like that. Um, but it'd be interesting if you actually wrote up a new teacher contract or added a clause to the contract or, or even at the state or even the federal level. I know the federal can do it, but at the state level, you know, put uh, mm. whichever state you want to be, you know, your respective states. Uh, I think you're South Carolina, he's Virginia. Uh, and you could say. Uh, well, who knows where he is now? <laughs> I'm not going to say. I'm not going to speculate because that's. I mean, he has people yeah. following him in FBI vans. I don't need any more people following. Well, you know why? I had that last year, so I'm, oh. I need to stay clean of that stuff. That's intimidating. <laughs> well, see, well, see, Jonathan uh, did work with uh, January 6th defendants. He used to work with oh, uh, Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers, who's the founder of the Oath Keepers, who was just found guilty. Uh, and in fact, this is this is our one of our great uh, coups here at, uh, if I can use that word, uh, at Action Radio, is that Stuart Rhodes called Jonathan, you know, because they, you know, under attorney stuff uh, from the Oklahoma federal prison. So Jonathan asked Stuart, "Can I put you on the air?" And Jonathan, Stuart's like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> so Stuart Rhodes from the Oklahoma prison was broadcasting directly onto Action Radio. I've got the recordings; so you can look them up. So we, we do some pretty mm-hmm, things here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to your report. Uh, we're, we're coming up to Christmas. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's, on, what's on your mind? I'm so excited, Greg. I've got um, all these fun uh, ideas of sexy and sensual gifts. For partners, okay. oh, does your people voice in relationship. Change? Your whole I know, your voice changed so, so much. Fun. You must be smiling. And I can tell. I can, you got a smile on your I voice. Am. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I am. And this is lighthearted. And um, so I tried to think outside the box, and uh-huh. I came up with quite a comprehensive list. We won't be able to cover all of it, but I will post it on my mm-hmm. Facebook, and I will post okay, next it week. Uh, on your website <laughs> also. We're not Christmas yet. we still got another week before, before we get there and uh, – 
You know, it's only this is only the fifth, so we got time. We got a couple of weeks. We do Feel have free. time, but it flies by. And I know that some people, you know, are so busy with kids and work and jobs, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's after December fifteenth, and and the gifts are gone from Amazon. They're sold out, or they're not going to be delivered till January. And there's no reason to panic because a lot of these are gifts you can make at home kind of quickly. What it requires is heart and compassion and really thinking about your partner and knowing them really well. So it just requires mm-hmm. some, uh, some um, love energy, not really a lot of time or a lot of money okay. in a lot of these. But if you want to spend well, money, you can, of course. Let's, let's so. hear. Share your ideas. Share, share your love energy. He said so with my first one that I, that I love is a memory jar. So just get like, you can use it like spaghetti sauce jar um, with rubbing alcohol. You get the sticker off really well, make it nice and clean, and then maybe get some stickers with the years on them. You can order that on Amazon or you can make your own or go to the dollar store and you can like um, decorate it with the years you've been together and or pictures of you all or the names and just make it really pretty. And then you write on little slips of paper, and I like to print these. I think it looks a lot nicer to type it up and print it and cut it out um, and fold it up, like really fun memories, connected memories you all have of the things you've done. And then you can pull them out at alone times and just kind of um, have a nostalgic discussion about it together. You can fold up little photos of things you've done and put it in there. And then you can keep adding to it throughout the year. And it's like memory jar. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wonderful. Do you think we've lost something because people don't write letters anymore? I mean, I used to I, I used to send gobs of letters out. I had this big Smith Corona desktop typewriter from the 50s, you know, when I was in school in the 60s and 70s, all through high school, college. I'd write big letters, and I, I still have some of those from friends of mine from way back then. But nobody has emails that long. You know, the electronic age has taken away. We don't see photos. You don't look at photos in a photo album. So you just Greg, look it out on your computer. Yes. Greg, I love that idea. And that's another wonderful Christmas gift idea is writing a love letter to your lover. Nobody okay. gets letters anymore. Um, these, and I want to talk about love languages really quick because I'm very big on them. You know this. A lot mm-hmm. of these gifts meet the love languages, and we want to be filling up our partner's love language buckets. So a memory jar, for instance, is not only a gift for your gift love language people, but it's also um, a quality time. It meets quality time love language. And... Um, Let's see. What else does it meet? Quality time. Let's go over them again. Gifts. Let's just uh, tell it. Like well, we have right. acts of service, acts right. of service. So a gift is always an act of service. So when you have a gift you make yourself, that is an act of service also, especially if you're giving okay. it to somebody and uh, it's going on their counter. And then mm-hmm. quality time, physical touch, non-sexual physical touch, ver- words of affirmation, gifts. So words of affirmation in a memory jar also you can, you can make, if your love, if your partner's love language is words of affirmation, you can add that to your memories. Um, Are those non-sexual so words of affirmation? The time, yes, we have the non-sexual touch, but do we have... If you're doing a memory jar and your partner's words of affirmation, your memory, when you type it up, you can add a word of affirmation like, special time with you means so much to me. This is a memory I have of us. So you can add onto the sort of paper a little, some verbal affirmation also to make it, to really meet their need. Um, so the first, and then you said love letter, a love letter. Yes, yes, yes. That is a beautiful idea. A keepsake love letter and um, putting the date on it and making it uh, proper, maybe even handwriting it. And okay. um, just fountain really pen. not holding so, back with the love, not holding back so with the So how about a fountain pen? 
how about a fountain pen or a big <laughs> ink pen, something that's uh, not like a quill pen, but it's, it's, you know those those cartridge fountain pens that are beautiful to write with. People have forgotten how to write. Mm-hmm. They've forgotten about the paper. They've forgotten well, about if your partner, if, mm-hmm. if you love to write, then that works for you. If your partner loves to write, give them a love letter and a fountain pen and a stack of paper and make Ooh. that just a thing you all write back and forth to each other. It's a gift you're giving to both of you. And you can even okay. say, let's commit to once a month we write each other a letter. And if, mm. their, act, if, if their love language is acts of service, um, then they might enjoy doing that with you. Now, if that's your love language, keep in mind that that might not, they might enjoy receiving the letter, but they might not enjoy the commitment to writing back and forth. So that might be something more that you're giving to yourself. So just keep that in mind, what their love hmm. language is, right? <laughs> yeah. no, but, uh, um, yeah, there mm-hmm. were two things that was interesting about, you mentioned that, that this non-physical or non-sexual physical touch is a love language uh, and words of affirmation. And it's interesting that the touch, they make a distinction between non-sexual and sexual, but the words of affirmation, they don't. So why are the words different than the touch? Why should you have words of non-sexual affirmation or can there be words of sexual affirmation? Why oh, isn't no, that a, a love um, language? Well, so verbal affirmation for me, I'm a verbal affirmation girl. And okay. if you tell me, girl, your breasts are so beautiful, that is sexual, but it also makes me feel good. Have I ever told you how much I love the way your waist dips in and your hips go out? Have I ever told you how beautiful your skin is? I love to touch it. It's so soft. Those, that's, that's sexual, but for me as a verbal affirmation, love language girl, that works. I mean, I don't want to only okay. hear that, but I mean, yes. Mm. Now, the reason non-sexual physical touch is because, let's be honest, if I tell you my love language is physical touch, and that means scratching my back, that means doing something for me that isn't also for you, and um, it becomes, if, if we include sexual in that, you know, then we sort of get to a point with some people where they're like, well, you said it was physical touch, you know, I'm playing with your nipples, and I'm like, no, that's not really meeting my needs right now. Hmm. I really just want you to be giving to me. I want you to be rubbing my shoulders. I want you to be scratching my head. It's not always just grabbing me, my butt. You know, that's not meeting my physical yeah, touch. That's all foreplay in that's, the end. <laughs> that's you meeting your need. Well, I mean, if you meet, if you fill my bucket, I'm going to be giving it up. And that's usually how it works with women. When their bucket is full, they're very generous, you know? Okay, okay. let's get back to the gifts, though, because, you know, right. uh, we want to stay focused. <laughs> So people can Who get us? their gifts What if started. we ever stayed focused? That's the fun of this I know, I know. We're, we're never so focused. Got to rain as a Okay, guess. so I love this idea. I love this idea. Um, a cuddle blanket. So this is so great. We have Etsy these hmm. days. Etsy is, is our hero. Etsy, you can get anything on Etsy, but you can order um, fleece or velvety blankets that you can get your picture, your together picture printed on or sweet okay. messages or your names on it. Um, and, and something big enough that y'all can snuggle together on the couch or in bed. And every time you snuggle with it, it's just your special blanket together. So that is another idea. Hmm. Have you noticed that Christmas time they always come up with the, 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 the sexy women pajama ads that the guys are supposed to buy so they'll get you know, great sex at Christmas? That's what it looks like to me. Have you seen these ads? You know the ones I'm talking about? Sexy pajamas is fun, but for me, this is how I would do sexy pajamas. I would do a Mm -hmm. basket. I would buy my own sexy lingerie, put it Mm -hmm. in the basket with oils, with dark chocolates, kinky toys, a jar of cherry. Just use your imagination, whatever you and your lover love. But know that that is a gift I'm giving to him because um, if he gets me sexy lingerie, unless I love that and I collect sexy lingerie, I mean, I'll be honest, just TMI maybe, but I do – and so if he's really careful in his selection, I might consider that a gift. That's more of an us gift, though, because obviously he's going to drive a lot of pleasure. Um, 
But if I'm going to give him a sexy basket, which is another one of my gift ideas, full of things we can have fun with, um, and and I might include Are you going to give him sexy underwear? Are you going to put sexy underwear in your basket? Probably not. Maybe for him, but I think, knowing my man, if I included something really sexy that I'm going to wear, he uh-huh. would be very appreciative in a gift basket for him. Well, um, now, this, is, this raises a great point yeah. because women say they want, you know, feminine stuff and, and, and sexy lingerie. I remember Victoria's Secret was, was the big deal. I don't know if they're still around mm-hmm. as much. But I think for guys, we think, well, you know, you can buy the right sexy underwear or the wrong sexy underwear. And why, you know, why risk it? <laughs> you know, I'd rather, you know, well, bring my, my partner with me and say, well, what do you, you want? Know, uh, you know, go yeah. ahead, Jackie. And then we'll get to uh, nowadays to women don't wear any underwear at all. What's the use? <laughs> um, that's I do. yeah, but underwear is is fun. You know, it's just it's just it's one more so you know appealing the onion, so to speak. You know, it's like there's another layer for of utility. There's underwear yeah. for utility, and there's underwear for feminine pleasure that makes you feel pretty. And then there's okay. the kinky underwear. So there's different categories. If oh, um if I'm gonna give a, a basket to my man. If I'm going to give a basket to my man with underwear for me, I'm not going to have bare necessities, pretty lace that I wear every day. I'm going to have something kinky, crazy, and fun that is not something I would wear every day for myself. It's something that I'm literally going to put on to have a session that's super fun. So if my man buys me underwear, I would expect, I would hope he would go into my, my, my closet where I hang my nighties. He would look at the silk negligee that's from um, that's pretty expensive from only heart he would get it in a different color he would get it in a different style but he would he would take the time to look at something high quality if it's truly for me um because if it's kind of on the kinky side that's really an us gift i don't know for women they're not going to feel usually most women aren't going to feel pleased or turned on by a kinky underwear gift from a man again i'm making a stereotype here but um well, that's There's the a line that's crossed that if it's for him or for me. Well, what is a G-string? Is a G-string well, one step up or below a kite string? <laughs> I don't know kite string, but I know there's there's the thong, there's booty shorts, and there's G-string. A G-string is a string that just goes right up the crack. Um, a thong has a little bit more material coverage, and booty shorts kind of cover half the cheeks. So you have these sort of stages, right, of coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys know these definitions. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're not sure, stay away from underwear, men. Don't worry about it. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not for sure, you can't go replicate something she has in her closet. Um, you know, I would stay away from that. So I'm going to move on. So we've covered okay. sexy basket. Okay. Silk or plush robe. Now, a lot of mm. men, and I don't want to stereotype, will not buy this for themselves. But surprisingly, if you get a high-quality silk or plush robe, they will end up wearing it because it feels amazing. Women, too. So, um, if it's Why costume, silk? What is it about silk? It just feels so nice on the okay. skin. It's luxurious. It feels expensive. It is high-quality. Um, it has an energy about it from the silkworms that's just supernatural and, and um, depthful. So, um, is it again, is there it's fake silk? Is there like synthetically produced silk? And yet, and, and can you tell the difference? I mean, just to make sure people are getting the genuine thing. I think this is something you have to research. So when you're putting okay. thought into a gift, part of that involves researching. If you know your partner doesn't mind synthetic, then by all means. But if you have a partner that's very specific and they buy themselves high, high quality, I wouldn't cheap out on it. I would move on to the next gift or buy the okay. best. You know. Mm. 
Um, okay. And plush is very different than silk, so it's a fully different feeling, and different skins appreciate different things. So if you know your partner loves to wear silk, I would get a silk robe if they don't have one. And if you know your partner loves that soft, squishy blankets and the soft, um, super squishy textures, then I would do a plush, those really deep, soft, um, plushy velvet. robe. Mm, velvet's mm. nice. That can be Velvet can be a little stiff depending on if you want to, you know, they have these new um, sort of softer velvets to just, you know, you can even order it. I love the whole return without fees that Amazon does. I don't love to promote Amazon, but one of the benefits is you can usually take it, try it, and then if you don't love it, send it back, you know. Hmm. Okay, next gift, foot massager. So hmm. that's kind of a masculine and feminine. Um, there's very few men that would be disappointed by um, – those plug-in foot massagers, and now they have a nice one so you can turn it around and it goes all the way up the calves. So this, after a long day, is very appreciated by, by all genders, and they're very costly. Men won't get pedicures, they're actually very affordable they? now. Do men go get hmm? manicures and pedicures? I know women, are, my women friends are always talking about, oh, I'm going to get my, you know, a mani-pedi, you know, get my manicure pedicure, and guys don't do that. <laughs> At least most guys I know don't do we that. We had this conversation this morning, Greg, literally this morning, the okay. barista at the coffee shop I went to, we were talking mm-hmm. about that. She wants her boyfriend to get a manicure because his, she said his hands are terrible. And he won't do it because he has this idea it's only for women. And I was saying, when well, Santa Monica, almost all the salons you walk into, it's about half men, half women. Like, it's very widely accepted. Um, and then usually, and I don't want to make a stereotype here, but usually the women I know at the salon, if a man is getting his, his stuff done, they'll spend extra time. They're very, like, indulgent. They're very flattering. It's really quite a great experience for men usually. But they, there's a blockage, right, Greg? Like, for some mm-hmm. reason, a lot of men won't go do it. Yeah. It's, it's the metrosexual thing. <laughs> we guys want to be guys. And, uh, oh, but which, it's, which... it's so therapeutic. Men need oh. to be touched, too, and, and, and rubbed in a non-sexual well, sure. way, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's huh. a great. So I have that on the list, um, you know, couples, pedicures, couples, massages, gift certificate. We do it together. And, again, know your partner. If, you, if they don't really want this, then obviously don't do it. But if you think your partner would do it with you and, and would, would enjoy that, that's a wonderful present is couples, pedicure, couple, manicure, pedicure, and uh, you can even do well, it privately. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a comment you were saying earlier, but when I think about it, you know, the people that have cut my hair for my entire adult life have always been women. Uh, I don't know if that's, that's a choice or just I like the way they cut my hair, but it just, you know, it's kind of cool. So it's sort of like my version of, of the manicure pedicure because I can't see doing that for me. You know, I, mean, I can get hand lotion. My hands will be fine. I, I guess you can get foot lotion, too, or something like that. But, uh, you know, just uh, all those, those extra details. I don't like fussing over myself much. Um, maybe my mustache. <laughs> so that's about it. But uh, I think guys, just, we just don't think about fussing over ourselves. And if we're a little rough around the edges, then we're just a little rough around the edges. You know, but, uh, you know, the, the girlfriends, partners, you know, wives, et cetera, can suggest things. But uh, do you think that there's a problem sometimes women suggest things, you know, and there's like, well, if you're a real man, you wouldn't mind getting a pedicure. I said, well, that's got nothing to do with it. I just don't want one. <laughs> you know, so I can see where the, you get some almost conflicts of that. Have you had that discussion? Just out of curiosity. I kind of think it's, I think it's nice if you have a relationship where even if there's something I wouldn't normally do, I'm willing to try it. Now, if I really mm-hmm. have an aversion to someone else touching my feet, like, like either I'm very ticklish or I'm very private, if there's an actual legit you know, reason, I understand. But if it's just because, well, I haven't done it and I have this idea in my head of, that it's feminine, I, I don't know. I appreciate a partner who's a little more open-minded and willing to mm-hmm. try new things. 
because that translates to other things also. That translates to adventures and travel. So I feel if I say... Oh, I have adventures and travel. I, I love adventures and I love travel. But go I, I with me one time. Will you go with me one time, you know, when not a lot of people are in there and just try it. And my partner has no real solid reason to say no. That, okay. I, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Like, why? Mm-hmm. If, she want, if she wants you to and she thinks it would bring you pleasure and she wants to share an experience with you, why not just say, okay, I'll try it one time. Okay. If I don't like it, don't ask me anymore. And then there you go. So my version of that would be, if, what do you mean you don't want to do airbags in a jet? Try it. You might like it. You might love being upside airbags down 20,000 feet in a jet. You know, I mean, so my version of that would be, what do you mean you don't want to go do aerobatics in a jet? Try it. You might like it. You know, it might be kind mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, the different things. But if I say to saying, you, I have a terrible uh-huh. fear of heights or I have a terrible claustrophobia or I get motion sickness, those are legit reasons that would need to be honored. Right. But if I have uh-huh. no actual reasons and, and, and I trust you and their safety checks are all in place, like, uh-huh. you know, obviously basic fears you know, need to be quelled because heights and that's a pretty sick well, You know, it's interesting act. because I won't stand on a stepladder. I have, I have a fear of ladders and, and being on oh a stepladder. I won't too. do it. They're, they're not stable that's enough. So they, funny, don't, they don't Greg, trust them. Too. And then it's interesting. Okay, so you'd probably be a good pilot then because pilots are controlled. But folks. I love to so fly. I, yeah, exactly. Yep, that's what I was getting to. And Pianchi's a pilot. Oh, my God, too. we're freaks. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> but I feel perfectly <laughs> comfortable in an open cockpit biplane upside down. With shoulder straps oh, and a parachute, yeah. that doesn't bother me. Standing on a stepladder scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> but, well, uh, me yeah. too. I huh. have the same thing. That's so funny, and I'm glad That's I don't feel like such a weirdo now. Okay, no, but that brings me to my next, my next gift. Which is? Welcome to the Shopping Channel. You, this is the Action Radio Shopping Channel, folks. So uh, we, Well, <laughs> this is we're doing a don't service. Ahead, oh, some of these yeah. don't cost any money. Any mm. thrilling adventure. So any thrilling adventure. So when adrenaline's released and we're together, it brings us closer. Uh-huh. Um, that's mm-hmm. lots of science and psychology there. And right. so um, ropes course, zip line, kite surfing, hang gliding. Aerobatic biplanes. Um, Aerobatic biplanes. Doing and, that thing with Greg that sounds insane yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Any yep. of those things. Um, so like um, book it, give it in a gift, give it in a, maybe give the accessories you need in a little gift basket. And when they open uh-huh. the box and gift basket, it's got, you know, the tickets or the, um, well, oh, I don't know, the helmets for zip lining or whatever you're going to do. And <laughs> it's so funny that's a great this. gift. Because I had a, there's a company I worked for after college uh, called The Learning Adventure. They were in Boston. And there was a thing, they sort of modeled after The Learning Annex in New York. And they had these modular courses. So The Learning Annex had the massage for couples, the stockbroking for couples, the cake decorating for couples. The, it was a glorified dating service. So they hired me to bring a little more adventure to it because I was already a licensed pilot. And I, I had a, you know, I'd been to Europe, you know, on, on my own for three months. So I had a pretty good sense of adventure uh, at a fairly young age. And so I brought in aerobatic biplane rides, you know, cliff climbing and rappelling. Uh, and, uh, you know, horse, massive galloping horse steeplechase stuff. And we had all these different adventures. Uh, it was hysterical. I and mean, at Christmas time, I do hay rides and play music and serve, you know, hot chocolate and schnapps. We had a good time. But the point was that uh, couples, they do love adventures. And so that's a whole area that I don't think people think about. But the zip line, especially if you can do it together, hot air balloon rides, all these things, you know, windjammer cruises are fabulous for couples and fabulous gifts. And I thought, I thought people get closer and have fun and do things they'd never thought of before. And uh, in fact, one day I'll, when we have time, I'll tell you about the uh, the elegant bar hopping tour and the sleazy bar hopping tour, which are two adventures that oh, I created. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you okay, yeah. It's, those are funny stories, but they take a little time. Anyway, back to your gift. Well, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post our gift ideas on your on your on your page, so maybe you can add to it if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, please. Um, let's see. So we have foot massager, and I'm gonna put the links also because I found great foot massagers and great um, life this and is a health wonderful... coaching page. Yes, the Action Radio Life and Health Coaching page. That's where you find <laughs> okay, plus, that's plus Dorothy's own own Facebook pages and own websites. But yeah, that's where you go. Okay, back to you. Okay, so <laughs> I love this idea so much. Coupon book. And when you do a coupon book, and I'll tell you how to do this briefly, but you want to keep in mind, again, your partner's love languages. So when you're giving coupons to them, you can pepper in all the love languages because usually on some level we all have a little bit of all of them, but make sure you highly focus on their top two love languages, which that quiz, of course, is available online, uh, the five love languages. Really important to meet their love languages and fill their buckets on the daily. And this coupon book is a perfect way. And there's a genius lady online, independent small business, who will make you a coupon book, a custom coupon book. All you have to do is come up with your own ideas, and she'll put it together in a very cute coupon book. And I'll post that link. But um, I don't know her at all, so I, I'm not getting any kickbacks on this. But it's beautyandbedlam.com. Who made coupon book? I mention, folks. You know, commercial folks. Mm-hmm. But do do ask them if they want to donate to Action Radio. You can do that. <laughs> okay. I gotta, so feel free. In fact, that Amazon, any of those mm-hmm. folks that you want to mention, any of those companies that create, you know, sexy underwear and things like that, talk to them and say, hey, you know, see if they'll sponsor your report. You know, if they want to contribute to, to, to saying, you know, and the Sex and Sensuality Report is brought to you today by, you know, Central Underwear of, of Hollywood or something, I don't know, whatever it is. I don't Ooh. care. Yeah. So there's there's <laughs> okay. always marketing possibilities That's... too. But let me, uh, let me ask you another question on, uh, on love language. Mm-hmm. Should that be, we've talked about relationship contracts before. Would it be a really good idea at the beginning of a relationship to talk about and translate so everybody knows the mutual meaning thereof of your love languages? And would that be a gift in itself possibly? Oh, okay. okay. Yes, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just curious. You have such good ideas. <laughs> well, I just ask you things I don't know about. It's easy. <laughs> I think, yes, and you know so much. But uh, as far as the coupons... Um, no, you know so much. Keep going I, with I, that. That was a good thought. <laughs> uh, well, I want to I make sure I cover the coupons before I move on, but... Okay, um, so, like, if your, love lang- if your partner's love language is quality time, for instance, you know, you might uh, have a coupon for a long walk, no devices. So, a long walk in the woods, a long walk in the, in the space of their choice with no devices. That is a wonderful quality time. For most quality timers, that's a wonderful one. And, again, you know your partner really well. So, just think when they want to spend time with you, what do they like to do? Maybe they like to watch I mean, I don't know anyone like this, ahem, ahem, but maybe they like to watch conspiracy theory documentaries. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, no, we call them, without, there's a difference between conspiracy say, theories and proven conspiracy theories. Well, they're actually conspiracy realities. We know this. But, Ooh, um, and without them saying, oh, I don't know about that, I don't know about that, but maybe they can say, huh, that's, maybe they have to say things like, huh, that's an idea. Oh, wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So, or like, you know, I turn in this coupon for a fully clean kitchen. Mm. Step out of the kitchen. I've got it top to bottom. Fully clean kitchen. Fully clean car. Um, in sexy underwear. Morning. In sexy oh, underwear. Well, clean the kitchen in sexy underwear. Okay. In the gift bucket. Okay. I'm combining gifts here. That's funny. Well, and then keep in mind. Yeah. So if you're giving mm. this to to your partner and they enjoy seeing you in sexy underwear, you could make that part of the gift. I will clean the kitchen completely 
in sexy underwear. Yes. Um, it's like the pool boy. It's the pool boy philosophy, right? The, the cabana boy, the pool boy. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, and I think for a lot of women who have children, um, and again, I don't want to gender stereotype, whoever is the primary caregiver, you have a free, complete morning, a surprise, and a morning you normally wouldn't have free, you normally be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I've got okay. all the tasks you normally do. So it's not that you have a free morning and you come home to a mess or you come home to like a bunch of stuff that didn't get done that normally would get done. Here, okay. You tell me the checkoff list for this morning, what you would normally do. Give me the checkoff list. All of this will be done by me and the kids. And if you think of anything while you're out, text us. We got it. You have a free morning out with your friends or do whatever you want. Or I take the kids out of the house if you want to stay home for the entire morning and you do whatever you want. So um, great coupon. Uh, Full back massage for our non-sexual physical touchers. 30 minutes. Full back massage. Not a lazy one. A good one. (laughs) That makes sense. You know, I was thinking – uh, to the spa, you know, I always see these uh, in movie scenes. You'll see women with green stuff on their face and cucumbers on their eyes. Uh, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> you know, but how about a, oh, how about a is, spa yeah. gift? Would that would that be uh, another couple, good a Christmas couple idea? spa gift or couple yes, spa a couple spa gift? Because we're talking about sexy and sensual gifts to your partner. And mm-hmm. again, yes, send her by herself. That's a wonderful gift. Or do it with her. Yeah. Or do both. Or send him by himself. Yeah. Um, we love the spa. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> okay. I've never been. We as in all the ladies. <laughs> oh, they do. Interesting. Okay. You know, we used to have this up at, uh, I'd go wine uh, touring with friends of mine back in the 80s when it wasn't crowded. And we're all in our 20s, right? So we go up, especially in the wintertime, in, in Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley. And in Napa Valley, at the, the far end of it, after we've wine tasted and had lunch and, you know, we're just kind of chilling. And uh, they had, uh, in Calistoga, they had these things called mud baths. And I never took one, <laughs> but I've always been sort of intrigued in the concept. Why would you cover yourself in mud? And is that sexy? Is that fun? I'm just curious. Inquiring minds want um, to know. Because it's really good for the skin. So even here in North Carolina, our clay, some of our clay that isn't full of toxins, like our pure clay, when you get more uh-huh. rural, is full of, it, it draws toxins out of the skin, closes hmm. pores. If you give yourself a clay mask, I mean, I recommend not making your own unless you know what you're doing. But um, yeah. Yeah, oh, make sure you can breathe. Instance, I, Leave nostril holes. Well, <laughs> you just want to make sure you're putting the right clay on your face. But um, oh, okay. I have green clay powder. You mix it with a few drops of water, and I can put it on my face. Within five minutes, I see a huge difference. It's real. It, it really um, is a lovely. So, yeah, the spa will, you know, when you book a spa, when you book a spa for your partner, they'll give you choices mm-hmm. of things. If you, she has three hours, she'll have time for, and I keep saying she, you know, I mean she or he, they'll have time for a massage. Um, a lot of time for three treatments, a massage, maybe a milk bath, and maybe a facial. So um, when you call, you can book. And, and if, if she only has three hours, you don't want to do a three-hour spa. If she has three hours, mm-hmm. you want to do two hours. Just she has time to get there, get the robe on, take a shower, relax, and get home. So just think about things like that. But, um, okay, are we ready for the next idea? No, I was just thinking you, should, you have to be my, my consultant when I start doing massive TV interviews. You know, so that, mm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll get the clay mask and the, the spa and the, the, the cucumbers and the whole bit. <laughs> I'm just thinking, do I want to do that? I think, yeah, for the show, I'd do it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. What's the of course step? you do. Why not? Yeah, yeah kill two birds okay. with one stone, have a fantastic face and also a great show at the same time. Okay, yep. so picnic basket with mm. outdoor concert tickets and a blanket. That's a fun gift. And it's something you can do together. Um, quality time, great well, for quality timer. Picnics are a blast. Yeah. Do people do picnics anymore? People should do more picnics. I picnics want to do picnics, with... Greg. 
Okay. Oh you can't have a whole other Facebook page about picnics, though. I feel like you're going to do this now, aren't you? Well, no. Here's, <laughs> well, here's what we're going to do. We need a food page, okay, because we've got you and Shirley, you know, going to cafes all the time, and I love cafes, too. But when you cafes, diners, picnics, we need just like a general food thing, food reviews, restaurant reviews, different cuisine, international cuisine. We need to get into food a lot more because food is life, food is culture, food is, you know, without food, you don't have a whole lot. So, I want so to, the I want to do picnic like basket that. with the outdoor concert covers a lot of central bases. Ooh, so you okay. think about what you're putting in your picnic basket. What foods uh-huh. are you choosing? What does uh-huh. your lover love? Strawberries. You can put whipped cream. You can put olives. You can put cheese, charcuterie. I mean, there's so many ideas of, of I mean, everyone says wine. I'm not a huge fan of alcohol, but, yes, of course, wine. You know, whatever you and your lover love, because imagine you're sitting on the blanket. Your blanket's nice and thick. It's soft. It's, you know, it's big enough that you're comfortable and maybe you bring cushions too. So, you know, the ground isn't too hard under your lover's bum and whatever food you all love. And then you have an outdoor concert and now you have music, another sensual pleasure. Um, you're spending time together. This really covers a lot of bases, um, pretty much meets all the needs besides physical touch, which you can always incorporate after you pack your picnic basket back up, mm-hmm. set it to the side and maybe, you know, rub his or her back while you're listening to the music. I mean, you could really just, this could be a win, 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 right? So now alcohol is a really good, yeah, absolutely. But alcohol is a really good point uh, because alcohol mm-hmm. makes you tired. Uh, it, it does all kinds of things. It's great when you're home, but especially when, you, when you're driving home, I, I think that, you know, fruit mm-hmm. juices are, are greatly underrated and wine is tremendously overrated. And I love wine. I used to go wine tasting, you know, on a fairly regular basis and come back with mm-hmm. a case, you know, because it was fun. Um, that was, you know, it was cheaper and, you know, but anyway, um, but uh, alcohol, yeah, I, I think people associate, yeah, people associate alcohol mm-hmm. gifts with like a good, and it's not necessarily the case. You know, there's some, make a sangria mm-hmm. without the wine or do something. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do. I think alcohol can, yeah, I'm always a little wary of it. Well, just last night, my mm-hmm. friend and I had this conversation that she's like, we need non-alcoholic bars with like elderberry and bitters and there's so many ashwagandha. There's so many plant medicines that, that meet that like increase your libido, increase your energy that tastes amazing. You can make them beautiful and you can even add in your picnic basket research and make your own bottle of um, libido increasing delicious drink. I mean, I'm not a fan of sugar, but add a little honey, add a little sweetener, make it special. Honey's good for really you add a drink that was, was quite special for this picnic basket. Mm. Um, okay, so I, I've got an idea. I just, you know how my brain mm-hmm. works, like on, on, on rocket fuel overdrive? Um, so here's yeah. a business for you if you want to start one. Start an energy bar. And the energy bar, not the energy bar that you buy in the store, but an energy bar would have drinks that give you energy. That are, you'd have your libido drinks, you'd have your, ener- you'd have your workout drinks, you'd have your romantic evening drinks, you'd have all kinds of things. You'd have drinks tailored to situations rather than, you know, exactly what's in it with, with crazy names like, uh, you know, Cosmo or whatever those cosmopolitans or lemon drops or things like that. You'd have, you know, you'd have romantic evening, you know, you'd have moon over, you know, you know I don't know, Paris or something 100%. like that. 100%. Greg, this is coming. So my favorite little coffee bar in Ocean City, New Jersey, was called Golden Buddha. And then she uh-huh. went and had some kids, and she quit, she closed it down. But oh, she no. was she was way ahead of the times. And um, she, first she was a yoga teacher, and then she opened up this coffee bar in her place. You walk uh-huh. in, you sit down, and I say coffee. It wasn't really coffee. You sit down at this beautiful table. You have quote baristas, but what they actually have is um, roots, flower petals, powders 
and say I'm, you know, say it's a certain time of the month, I can order a hormonal um, drink and it's a beautiful hot beverage like coffee, but it's made with coconut milk, some powders, some lavender, some um, tinctures. And it literally is um, a medicine. Uh, it is a medicine, it is. and it's delicious, yeah. and it smells amazing. And you're sitting there sipping it, and you could. They had it. You you name it. They had a drink for it, and they did it right. And I said, Oh my god, this was like five years ago. I said, This is the next thing. If Get I had the, the, the money, Are I would do contact? it. Um, Are you still in contact with her? Oh my gosh, no, but I probably could find her. Yeah, but it's, it's a genius idea, and yeah. and it's going to start happening. But there is, yeah, yeah the there's bar. money yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. People will pay for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that's our picnic basket idea, and we have a lot okay. of ideas coming off of that, which I love. Okay, and we did the thrilling adventure. This is a super fun thing off of Etsy called the Love Battleship Game. So <laughs> when you get a chance. I thought this, I love games, and a lot of people can, um, grew up with games, the family is big on games, and games right. just feels like home to them, playing games with someone just feels like home, and um, so this is a quality time, it meets, um, uh, it meets I can't wait the to playfulness inside of us. I, I can't yeah, wait to so, hear how you're going to make uh, a sinking battleship sexy, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, look it up, I'll put the... Um, you sent my battleship. On. That's so hot. Oh, hit me again. Oh, this is great. Sorry. Yes. Uh, so help me out here. Yeah, it's, and it has it has little um, has little when when you sink a battleship, it has little um, things you have to do, and uh, there's a printable version. Also, it has I don't know how much I can say on the air. It has you know sex positions. Yeah. Considering um, what you've said on the air, I wouldn't really worry about oh, okay. it. You know, like I said, I mean, go for it. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is a known report for being completely open. And I was going to make torpedo jokes, but I'll save those for now. Anyway, go ahead. Tell me what okay. you're uh, what, what you were going to say. Positions. Well, so there's, well, there's warning given. Fair warning given, folks. Here it comes. <laughs> there's, in this game, there's there's four play cards. The four play is hugely important, and I, I think a lot of couples who are busy and have gotten into routine, um, you know, it is true. It's 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 cliche, but it's true. Kind of forget about foreplay. They kind of get to moving on to the meat um, in the dinner, you know, before the appetizers. And so this game is sort of um, kind of making you slow down and take your time. And it's okay if you don't have time to finish, come back to it later. But uh, foreplay ideas are like, like your partner gives you kisses all over your body from the top of your head to your feet, pausing on the area. Yes, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. I, I would think of Candyland would be a better adaptation if you made an adult version of Candyland. That would be more fun. <clears throat> Just thinking. Or Twister. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> How about an adult version oh, of Twister? How about, how about a Twister. A, a, you know, uh, uh, call it Foreplay Twister. <laughs> this could be great. <clears throat> so in Foreplay Twister, would mm-hmm. you play Twister, but then each time you p- had to put, like, your hand on a blue circle, you also have to do an action, like another action in that position? Or you have to remove an article of clothing uh-huh. as you're playing. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, I'm just going to say as a woman, I know that men are very visual. We can be a little self-conscious unless the lighting is really good and we have certain outfits. So, like, I'm not sure. If okay, foreplay Twister with sexy. appropriate lighting. 
We'll put it in the instructions. Well, and also the I'm, positions. I'm Some of them are awkward and ugly, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, we have to put some more thought on. into this, Greg. But, uh, but <laughs> it, because, but it, it gets, see, don't you remember when I twisted as a kid? It got so funny because everybody ends up falling. The laughter is good. Yeah, the laughter is great. You ever play Ha Ha? Remember that when you were, when you were well, like in about, high school? I, you know, Oily Twister might be interesting. Oily really, Twister. And you, and you thought my idea was a little bit crazy? Okay, go ahead. Tell me about Oily well, Twister. Well, I mean, at least you can't hold the position too long. And, right. Oh, gosh, it would really increase muscle strength, wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. you'd have to really struggle to – then you'd mm. fall a lot sooner. Mm. Yoga Twister. That would be another good one. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so battleship, battleship um, on on, <laughs> on Etsy. Um, one example of an intimate card on this. I really like this game. I liked reading about it. Um, put your headphones on and turn up the music so you can't hear anything else. Your hands are tied to the bed and your eyes are blindfolded. And then your partner performs on you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Look it up. Okay. Great. Um, I'm definitely going to look it up, but I actually have to leave the show for a minute. I have to uh, do something real quick here. I just got a text, so I'll be back. So you, if you and Piaki want to chat for a bit, or if you want to introduce uh, something and kind of fill me in, uh, sorry to have to do this. Oh, I'd love I'll, to hear what he has to say about these. Oh, my as gosh. As we say, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Any comments on these? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're setting somebody up for torture. <laughs> well, I think anytime you do that kind of thing, you know, you want to have safe words. When you're talking about tying up, we're going to talk like it has to be a relationship with trust, so maybe not a brand new relationship. And whenever there's tying up, there should be the safe words, you know, I think. Well, you know, especially when you're young, you have all sorts of uh, fantasies that run through your mind ideas and uh, it's good to play them out as best as you can as you can uh, I I had my I had an adventure with my wife one time we were supposed to meet her at a at a uh, hotel bar and she dressed up and I walked by her twice didn't even recognize her <laughs> so you know that didn't play out too well but uh, it just goes the, the things that you aren't used to when you uh, imagine them and try to put those imaginations in real life, then it can turn out, you know, very, very interesting. Okay, yeah, it can go either way, right? Sometimes it's not what you – I've heard the story from people who have tried some uh, some fantasies that they thought would be fun in real life and it hasn't really gone well, And uh, but you're saying sometimes it goes really well. They go really well, and sometimes they can be kind of embarrassing, too. Because if you are going through the routine, everyday same old routine, then all of a sudden you say, you know, let's try this, let's try that. But in your process of trying it, you realize that everything is different about this person. In their oh, dress, nice. in makeup, and so on, so on, so on. I think that's really nice. Yeah, like it increases the variety and the flavor, introducing something new. I think wigs are fun too, I'll be honest. I think it can be fun to, um, like you're saying, you know, why not put on a wig and a different kind of outfit and pretend 
you know, go to a bar or go to a restaurant and pretend that you don't know each other, right, and pick each other up a little. Yeah, and it's just like with the, I think you was talking once before. Uh, whether you wear pants or whether you wear yoga pants or whether you wear dresses, which one uh, would you prefer? And, you know, I think it also plays out with the time of the day. Uh, uh, evening, late evening, the dress scene will play out more. Uh, early in the morning, the yoga pants. So there's a, a lot of variety that can be experimented with. And the individual, the male, of course, the female too, they can just get out and get to different places where they can observe uh, people dressed in different attire and different uh, appearances and the way they walk and so on, so on, so on. Something that can let the imagination uh, just travel and stop off where you would like to try it out. I think I'll stop here and try this out. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you, do you have any, like, gift ideas? Because we're, you know, I, you always have such good ideas. We're so creative. Like, what do you think is a great, sexy, romantic, sensual gift you could give a lover that would be fun, like for the holidays? Well, it can range from a variety of things, uh, it could be stockings. It could be Ooh. a. a I'm back. I want, I want to hear this answer. You guys are doing great, so keep going. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> stockings, as in like yeah. silky stockings for her? Like how about sexy, sexy Christmas her? stockings? Hey, how about sexy Christmas stockings? Ooh. Yeah. Dress up like Mrs. Claus. Oh my gosh, that is kinky. I mean, she's really more of a maternal figure, but now we're saying perhaps Not the way she's Yankee's not, talking. always. <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Well, yes. And I don't mean it literally. Sorry. And, you know, you have to also look at the age group, too. You know, you know people in their above 50, 60, uh, they have their kinky moves also. I think what they like to do is get out in the public and sneak you know, what's going on under the table? I hear bumping and carrying on. What's happening? That would be a fascinating um, show now that Pianchi mentioned it, is how, of... how has kink changed over the years. You know, what are kids doing that they think is kinky and what did, uh, you know, our grandparents think is kinky? I'm just curious. Anyway, go ahead, Dorothy. Well, the kids are so exposed to porn now, poor guys, that they're really – I think when you when you intentionally choose – Mm-hmm. Let's see. When you're not exposed to pornography and mm-hmm. you're allowed to have great positive sex ed and you're allowed to make great choices for yourself with good support from adults, I think you enter sexual relate. Well, I don't think the data shows you enter sexual relationships later and you make very careful choices for yourself. And also your kink tends to come slower and be a little more gentle versus getting it all thrown at you at a young age. And, and, and really having your entire sexuality defined by extreme kink, right? So that really nothing's special anymore. I mean, you know, so um, I agree with you, Greg. It's probably changed drastically what was, you know. You know we were doing a construction site, site, a project in downtown St. Louis. It was Boatman's Towers there on Broadway 
on Broadway, just a little north of Market Street, right there at Pine. And across the street there was a Holiday Inn. And I guess we was probably on the 12th floor, going up to about 20 floors. And it, it was a lady that liked to exhibit herself, lay out mm-hmm. on the bed. The curtains on the porch doors would be wide open, and she that's the way she got it. She fantasized herself. So one day, she was what there. What floor was that? <laughs> well, this is where the fun comes in. I tried to count the floors, and I go over to the hotel, and I never could find a room. Uh-huh. And and I was one of the staff on a break or something? Or... This is funny. Yeah, try to. This is, hey, this is true. I said one, two, three, four, five, six, and in two windows and three windows. And I never could. I even had a a, a room keeper. To, oh, could you open this door for a minute? I wanted to check something on my building across the street. And there wasn't nobody in the room. I said, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, that was a... Uh, it was something else. I never could find her. You know, that actually raises a good point of ideas, too, of gifts that you could, you know, book a, a trip to a place that you two had never, uh, a couple had never been to, just to try out yeah, some adventure. Yeah, that is a great idea. Yeah. Love it. Like, book two days, make it a quick mm-hmm. trip. You book the hotel. You book the adventure. Mm-hmm. You book the restaurant. You make it easy All for the person. Scene. All sight unseen. All sight unseen. All sight unseen. Yep. Um, yeah, and you let them know. I mean, women want to know what to bring. So you let them know, you know, the weather and activities. They need hiking shoes. They need, you know, you need to let them know enough so that they can pack appropriately, right? Um, well, no. Yeah, you that's say, super if fun. If you've got some money, you say, look, darling, I've got a credit card. Whatever you don't bring, we'll get there. You know, and then you don't have to as worry about it. As long as there's time. Yeah, as long as well, there's time. So, so if, you, if you only have a short you trip, shop? I think it's really... <laughs> Well, so, I don't know. The women I know, I'm just going to say, and maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I have a lot of girly girlfriends. We don't really feel comfortable showing up without what we need. Okay, no, that's fine. That's good to know. But but either you pack for me. Yeah, see, I can see you You pack for me, and I trust you to pack for me, and some men can do that really well. Or you say, make sure you bring blank, blank, and blank. And you can kind of trick the person. You can say, bring hiking boots, high heels. You can tell them to bring one of everything. And then take them on a cruise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So that could be fun also. But most ladies I know want to be well prepared. They want their stuff. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Be sympathetic. So, yes, the two-day adventure, I love it. Fly in, do your thing, fly out. Yeah. Great idea. Oh, so, so my very last, I only have one more, and we're almost out of time also. So can I just throw it at you? You know, real quick, we used to fly um, on breakfast uh, runs on Sunday morning. You just fly down to Kentucky late, someplace close up to Kansas City. And that was pretty fun, too. You know, that's when you start getting into that uh, $70 plate of bacon and eggs. But, uh, mm, you know, it's, it's that sounds nice. good. That sounds delicious. Oh, I tell you what, now, when we was kids, when we was younger, we go to the movies <clears throat> and we set the bag of popcorn in our lap. And your date would be digging into the popcorn and keeps getting down lowered and all of a sudden she'd say, what is this? Well, that's something sticking up through the bottom of a bag of popcorn that has a hole in it. But I won't get into okay. any more detail. 
You mentioned that before. It's good to know what the kids are talking about, though. Um, okay, I have one last. I think we lost. Did we lose Greg again? No, my microphone cut out, so I had to switch to cell oh, okay. phone. So I now, I've now called into the show. No, it, it'll happen. It's, it's like a couple times a year. The mic just cuts out, and then I hear my voice through the computer speaker. That means there's been an interruption in the signal. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the um, – whoop, I'm hearing something. Echo, i got to cut my computer sound out. Hang on. That'll do it. Mm. All right, there we go. Now I'm on cell phone. Made the transfer. Hi. Okay, I have one last sexy gift. Okay. I got one last one one before we hit 11 o'clock, and my kids are getting haircuts, so I'm going to have to get off. But this is, I saved, I guess I saved the most intense one for last. Um, There is a website, and I think they did a very good job. If, If you want to just cut to the chase and you and your partner really just want to experiment with kink, kinky things, you know, less on the sensual side, more on the like, let's let's play with um, just really sex, kink and sex. There's a website called heavy.com. I don't know if you're familiar. They have a really great sexy gifts section right now. And I perused it a little bit and I thought, oh, this is too fun to not mention. So heavy.com sexy gifts uh, for the sexually adventurous. Um, check it out. And I'll put that as part of the post also later when I post on your page. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was momentarily mm-hmm. distracted contacting our next uh, uh, guest here who hasn't been on for a while. So, uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Okay. So if you want to sum up, I'll actually take a break now. I'll see if we can get Heather going here uh, pretty soon unless something happened to her. She hasn't been on for a while. Usually when folks have been oh, on, my goodness. sort of lose the, uh, lose the um, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, the, the thing. Oh, there she is. Okay, I was wrong. So much for that. <laughs> Do you have a minute to talk to Heather or do you have to go right now? I have to, I have kid Judy. So I've, I'm homeschooling the three little guys today and they've been okay. walking the dog for me while I'm on. They're so awesome. Um, but no, I, unfortunately I do have to go. Okay. We'll get you guys together I, sometime. You know, we can overlap. <laughs> you can call in a little earlier to your report. You can call in a little earlier to Jonathan's report. This is our happy Monday crew. So it's uh, it should work out pretty well. All right. So contact information, things like that, and then we'll let you go, and uh, I'll, I'll move on. We'll get our rebel back. The rebel is back. Oh, we love rebels. Okay, so find me on Facebook, Dorothy Diana, and um, I will post there also these wonderful sensual couples gift ideas, and I hope everyone found something useful in this list. And um, have a great week. Okay. Thank you very much, Dorothy. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye now. So much fun. All right, so Heather, uh, we had a little glitch in the signal, and so I'm on my uh, I'm on cell phone. I had to call in, so that's why I don't sound like I'm my normal radio, you know, DJ voice, uh, you know, right here. But uh, I had to take the microphone out, and so everything else is working. I got the board. Things are happening. So let's let's reintroduce you. Let's get my my. Uh, uh, in fact, I haven't played this for a while, so let's have a little bit of fun here with my my guest of the day uh, thing. So let's let's where is it? There it is. And now, Heather Strickland, Rebel Tito. So it's been a while since you've been on the air, and so we're going to hear back on now. And uh, I hope my signal isn't too bad. I hear, uh, you know, stuff in the background. Um, I'm on cell phone, but that's okay. That's how it goes sometimes. Anyway, one of the most intriguing uh, ideas of combining rebellion with dieting. I like it. And so Heather's friend of mine, you know, she's been on the show for a while. She's now back. And so let's get her going here. Uh, and see what's happening with the new 
book, which I'm really intrigued about. Let's give a round of applause. And then... Hi, Heather. Welcome back. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can now. Yeah, like I said, we've got a bit of background, but we're having a little technical difficulties. I'm still after blog talks about levels, you know, so that I know when I'm broadcasting out when I'm not. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, when people aren't talking to me anymore, <laughs> I know it's a problem. Uh, and so right. that's why I called in on my cell phone. Yeah, so the cell phone's got plenty of battery, so we're good for the next, uh, for the rest of the show. So, yeah. So how are you in your crazy life and you book author? Have you been on tour yet? Well, I'm doing – What's I've, going on? No, I've just – I've toured up and down the beach just a little bit. <laughs> no no major tours. Okay. I'm a little upset that I missed essentially a couple guest idea portion of the show, but I was working with a with an air conditioning thing that was out. So, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, look at the bright side. You get to work on an air conditioner, you know, in the middle of winter. So, uh, so that's – well, actually, as of December what? 21st. That's pretty good. Most people in the country that's say right. that's working right. on an air that's conditioner. Right. That's right. In Minnesota, they're, they're jealous that you're working on an air conditioner uh, in December. So look at the bright side. Uh, it is un- uh, that's correct. It's unseasonably warm here in Florida, so yes. But they did get it fixed. So we're good. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I love yeah. the fact that yeah. I moved here for unseasonable warmness. You know, I spent uh, 30 too. years in California. Well, I love California because I love the, uh, the idea that it was 55 in the winter and 65 in the summer because we had the fog rolling. Uh, that's kind of cool. Right. But now it's getting colder because the world's getting colder. People don't realize with uh, the sunspot cycle and everything else, so it's actually getting cooler. So that's, why, that's part of the reason I moved to Florida because I know when the rest of the world gets even colder, I want to be here. So this is a good thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is a good thing. Okay. Yeah. So what have you been doing since the last time? Yeah. So oh, you're an author no, now. Books it. out. What's going on? Taking care of life stuff. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, signing books, selling books. And talking books. Uh, now that I can segue back in from um, okay. yeah, the life stuff that I have checked off my list. So it kind of went like divorce, get child assessed for autism treatment at Florida State University, and return back to career. <laughs> in that you know, order. So. Yeah, no, people don't realize that, uh, and, and uh, that the, you know, nothing ever happens in a back end. So, you're, so let's just put this together. So divorce, you know, child uh, book. This is a lot at once. This is a lot for anybody, especially a, a first-time yeah. author. You know, yeah, so, uh, so, it is. You know, so what would the rebellious, what would the rebel do when all these things are thrown at you at once? How do you handle it all? Right, you just keep your head up and, and, and keep going. Take the, okay. Make another list. Take another step. Make another list. Take another <laughs> step. And don't give up. I mean, like that. that yeah, we talk about it being about health. Uh, but I right. lost 150 pounds, and that did not happen overnight. So I had to be mm-hmm. patient with myself throughout that process. And so I try to translate that same attitude to the other things in my life, especially when they're not going, you know, like a walk in the park. So, yeah, it's been, so it's been a little bit overwhelming. But, I mean, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm kind of, I kind of trained for this by following the – and that sounds salesy, Craig, I but I mean, it's it's sort of like the book is a training guide of how to get to the, you know, your optimal health, so you can handle whatever craptastic storm might be thrown your way, and um, and I have, so yeah, I'm proud well, of that. This makes a lot of sense. This this makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, this is funny. I was just looking at my board. I actually type your name on my phone number, which is kind of interesting. I don't know how I did that, but I better put me there. <laughs> this is one of the, like, it's kind of a crazy day today. 
but you know what's interesting? I was I was going over your book and I was going over some stuff last night, and it really you're really my, uh, a life coach and a life philosopher, in a way, because exactly you know what I expected is what you just told me that this is that what you've had in your life you know the the crises the way you handle it the attitude, you know it's almost like survival as an act of rebellion. And so, and there are people that will sort of distract from that. And they don't want you to succeed. They don't want your book to work. They don't want you to be healthy. They don't want you to be 100 pounds lighter than you were because now they're 100 pounds heavier than you. And all this other stuff, there's so many distractions to, to getting healthy uh, that you really almost have to be a rebel to survive in certain ways. What do you think? Absolutely. I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Because, yeah, there's a lot of people at the, at the time, like, no, you need to just focus on this one thing because, yeah, and that's going to be overwhelmingly hard, and you're not going to be able to do it this, this, and this, and you can't do this, this, and this. So if I were you, I would just kind of quit. And I'm like, okay, thank you for your feedback, but I'm moving forward. Thank you for your yeah. feedback, but I'm moving forward. Yeah, it might not be as fast as I want it to be, and it might not happen overnight. But, I mean, you can't let those things get in your way, whether it's, you know, whatever your goal is. Yeah. So, yeah, life happens, and sometimes it's not so rosy and happy. Um, but it happens, and we have to keep going. And yeah, you do the same thing. You're, 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 the, you're the same kind of rebel as me when it comes to that. Oh, that's great. Why do you think you're on the show, yeah. darling? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's exactly why you're here, because you, know, you are the same. We are very similar in many ways, which is, which is kind of fun. Um, but I know exactly what you mean. And my uh, thing is uh, that nothing happens fast enough. You know, I'm not, uh, the recognition is taking too long. The sponsors are taking too long. Everything to me, I'm always, you know, impatient uh, that I want this now. I want to lose my weight, you know, that I'm trying to lose now. And I know there's a process, but I'm still really impatient. And so that, I need your advice well, on that. Well, but it, we live in a, in, a, in a world that we expect things, immediate gratification. I mean, these phones have, we talked about, we've talked about phones before. They're wonderful tools, but they are also mm-hmm. immediate gratification devices. So you feel like, oh, I want something. I want it from Amazon or I want it from Walmart or whatever store. This is not picking on one particular one. Pick up your phone, order it. Boom, got it right there. So it kind of makes you impatient in a lot of other areas because you're like, I can get it right now on the phone. I can get the information right now. I can buy that thing right now. You know? And so it would, it's sort of like a, it's a temptation that you have to be aware of and also think that you have to measure your patience by and also be aware that people are, it's, it, you're being conditioned for that response. So you kind of have to recondition your brain that really good things take time. That's the way I feel. Yeah, that's a, that's a probably a huge part of your book, we can get into it in a bit, but uh, like now, uh, the whole process of writing a book, um, we'll kind of walk us through that. How is that? Because I know people, everyone says, oh, I could write a book, and I'm like, well, yes, you can, but <laughs> I know the process because I wrote one, but uh, how was your experience, and how did that change, and, and, and either confirm or deny, you know, things you thought about it, about being in a position to really put your work out there? I mean, your life is out there. Your book is your life. You know, it's your life story, well, and... You know, yeah, how did, how did let's, let's share that story. Like with a lot of things, I did it twice um, to make sure I had it right. <laughs> um, I really went through, like, it's a lot of outlining and notes and getting your thoughts down on paper, which I'm a writer, so I don't have a problem with doing. But it was also, mm-hmm. for me, an exercise in imposter syndrome and how I didn't want to have it anymore. So I went back through the book after I wrote it the first way, like it is now, with the 80s, the fun stuff, songs, the quirky stuff. And I edited myself to make myself more boring and vanilla because I thought, no way, I can, there's no way I can have the guts to put something like that out. And then I went back and said, nope, I do. And I'm not putting out another book that's like everybody else's. So 
I made it harder on myself, but I ended up with something that I truly believe in and I'm very excited about and I have no regrets about doing, but it took me a lot longer than... You get another cheer for that, too. You get another cheer for having the courage to do what you thought was best rather than what society told you to do. I mean, I wrote a fine book. Right. My book has a really terrible title, and uh, I, I had a bunch of better ones, but the publisher's like, no, we really need – this is the way this book is going to sell. I said, okay, I'll give you the title, but I got the rest of the book. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I have a very yeah. rebellious flight instruction. I mean, people, how can you be rebellious on flight instruction? It's easy. You know, you, you design a completely yes. different system. And, and so this is what, uh, what really got my interest with you. You know, how do you be rebellious with a diet book? You know, it's calories, it's nutrition, it's, a, it's all scientific, it's all calculated. B.S. It's not. Because that's right. not what dieting is. That's not what improving your life is. And so, again, I see parallels with what, uh, as I designed a new flight instruction system, you've designed a completely new diet system. You may not even call it a diet system. What do you call it? What, do you, what did you design? I don't call it a, 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 a yes, I don't, I, I, I I don't call it a diet system. I don't like the word diet. It's another four-letter word. But it's a guidebook to how to get healthy and stay healthy and stay entertained. Uh, It's it's part history, part health. It's all self-improvement. But I I, I try to put the fun back in it Uh, because, yeah, not only are those other books just sort of like regurgitating old advice that doesn't work, but they're boring. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah. the world doesn't That's, need another soul-sucking diet. It's, it's <laughs> the roadmap. I mean, it, it doesn't. What's a soul-sucking so, diet? This is a great term. Soul-sucking diet that you, you get to eat. You can have like a half a cup of this kind of fruit and then on this end it's juice. And then, you know, and then it's so boring and bland. And like, you know, yeah, well, if you do that, yes, you will lose so many pounds and two weeks, but you're going to be miserable on the other side. You're going to have headaches. You're going to be dehydrated. You're going to be bored, and you are going to go out, but you're going to just pass out because it's like, okay, I really didn't get healthy. I got skinny, and now what's it all about? I didn't learn anything about myself. I feel miserable, and the weight's just going to come back on anyway. Um, yeah, that's a soul-sucking diet. It makes you think you want this, but you really want, yeah. yeah. Boring. So it's a lie. It's, it's a, it's no, yes, it's and a lie. It's a lie. And a lie. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, okay. and it's a lie. It's just make, a lot of them. They're they're designed. You get the results, but you don't get the results you really want. You know, you kind of need to read that fine print. Okay, you can't lose weight, and then but what are the side effects of that? Side effects may include, you know, passing out because of you know, you're starving, um, not really understanding why you want to be a certain number on the weight, not knowing if that is your ideal weight, not knowing what to fill your body with. It's not, it's not. It's quality, not quantity. But when you're counting calories so it's sort of reimagining the way you get healthy and lose weight without using the d word okay i won't use the d word anymore i got it okay i had this vision as you were talking i was imagining a road map where you've marked your destination but the map you know the gps takes you on all these different courses so you never get to your destination that seems to me what what most of the the d word things are about they bring all these complications right. and calculate manifestations and uh, all this different stuff to you. And, and you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there this way because the map that they've given you is not designed to get you to your destination. It's designed to take your money and keep you miserable so that you'll keep paying your money. And, you, and I know some people right. do. I've seen the ad. I've seen the before and after. It yep. works for some people unless they're already yep. thin to begin with. It's designed um, to get but, you to their destination where they want you to be when you've been there shopping uh-huh. cart. So tell me, what's their destination? 
So their destination is to get you to buy into their business model. I mean, I would like to think that maybe they're, they're, they're trying to do the right thing by the right people, but that it is my suspicion, and I've seen it happen, that it's, the, it's get a buy-in, get a nibble, give them a freebie, then get a buy-in, get a nibble, and then tell them, show them all these amazing before and after pictures of people that maybe did, maybe didn't lose weight. We don't know. Their names aren't printed, you know, to protect their privacy, and then give us your money, and then we're going to have your email now, and we're going to send you emails and remind you of all your fears and all those things when you send a little thing back and told us about what you were afraid of and what kept you up at night. We're going to use that. We're going to get you into our business model, and we're going to take your money, and then you're just going to feel like, oh, all right, well, there's another one, another book that didn't work, another diet that didn't work. It's me. And people internalize that. And then they think, well, I, it's impossible for me to lose weight. Well, no, it's not you. It's them. And you just need the right information. And that's what I tried to do with my book. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because I've had, uh, we used to do our World's Greatest Doctors Report. I'm getting a little bit of background from your, your line. I don't know if you're out in the open or something like that, but um, if we can, it sounds like a bit of wind noise. Uh, unless you're driving really okay, fast. Okay, it's a fan. <laughs> I'm not driving, though. It's a, it's, a, it's a fan from earlier from when that air wasn't working. Oh, okay. Myself. Yeah, just, that's right. Anyway, so I was trying to get the best focus down. Of course, I'm looking on a cell phone, too, which doesn't help right now. Um, did you try X number of, of standard methodology D-word plans uh, and uh, with the same result that just wasn't working? I well, I did, but I did not know. I'm kind of. I did not know why I was. I tried different ones. Yes, throughout okay. my life, I've tried. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried um, like different plans that I think it's like Advocare. I think sells one. Um, some shakes. I think I tried to shake that. So the answer is yes, I did, and to no avail because it was either I didn't really understand what I was putting in my body and why. Uh, it was really more about portion control and limitations, and I don't like those. I'd rather, I really wanted to understand the full picture of health and understand exactly how I could do this because I knew I wouldn't be able to be on like a rigid, strict anything for the rest of my life, and I knew that I would not be down doing macro math at every meal or calorie calculation at every meal. So it's like, okay, yeah, if you're going to help other people do this, you've got to figure it out. And my daughters were a huge part of my inspiration also because I did not want to be a part of a diet system or a book or writing a book or a system that made them feel like they had to become a number to be successful. Um, it was a book that uh, I think I've said this to you before, a diet book. I just used the D word there that, that Gloria Steinem would be proud of that didn't put women, you know, on the scale to, to, to prove their worth. That is a really interesting question. Have feminist groups, women's groups, um, have they reviewed your book? Have they heard of your book? Have they seen your book? And if you got them, got your book to them, do you think they'd review it and, and talk about it and write about it? And what kind of response do you think you'd get? I would love to hear it. I, I, I'd, love, I'd love to know. That's a great idea. I think I might, I might work on sending some copies out. Yeah. Today because I think that, that that that's feedback that I would love to have. See if I that, that would tell me if I if I did my job or not right there. Because it's I not a diet book. It's a life philosophy book. I mean, what you've done is so much more than just you know the D word. <laughs> um, I mean, the D word is right. a means to an end, but it's but it's an attitude. 
you know, and I think you and I yeah. have probably been rebels our entire lives. And so there's certain people, I mean, I'm sure there's certain people that can follow the formulas that do the, you know, they become accountants and they become very logical people and they have great, you know, systematic uh, things for their lives. I'm just not one of those people and neither are you. And I think a lot of people, it's hard to follow a system. And again, the first thing they can do is blame themselves if it doesn't work. But just as yeah. a flight instruction, when all my students were making exactly the same mistakes, and you've probably seen this too with, with uh, you know, D-word plans. <laughs> I think I was that was kind of funny. But when I noticed that all my students not only made the same mistakes, they made all the same mistakes that I made. I said, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a certified FAA flight instructor. You know, I know what I'm doing. I've been told I'm an expert now. I've been told I can teach this stuff. And I'm looking at these mistakes and I go, wait a minute. And that's just when you have to question what you've been taught. And so what I did, actually, this is kind of an interesting parallel. Let me, let me see if this works for you too. What I did in flight instruction, about a year into it, uh, is I, as I went back and, and, and retaught myself how to fly as if I knew nothing about it. And I got an old book called Stick and Rudder, uh, which was, uh, was written by when, when pilots were really flying airplanes, you know, when they would spin and do all kinds of things that were not required anymore. Uh, and they, these guys, these are the, the pilots that learned to fly and then went off to World War II. And what I found was that when I retaught myself how to fly, I could see all the inadequacies in the flight training system that I didn't see when I was within the box of current methodology. And so by, by mm-hmm. going to a different, a different way, a different philosophy, and actually experimenting on my students, I created an entirely different way to learn to fly. And that's my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, which I've now shamelessly plugged. Uh, feel free to shamelessly <laughs> plug your book, too. But have you noticed that you, you almost have to reteach yourself how to live before you can tell anybody else how to do anything with nutrition or losing weight or anything like that? What do you think? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I definitely... We talked about imposter syndrome at the very beginning of this conversation, and that is something definitely that, um, yeah, you have to be able to have walked in the shoes of the people that you're trying to help in order to be able to see all the different problems that they face, like you're saying, and be able to, yeah. And so that's sort of like, okay, let's let's see if this source is a reliable source. And you are because you, you knew how to fly a plane, and then you looked at it from a different perspective. Same here. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. If you haven't ever done it, you can't really help anybody get through it. And I don't know if there is a lot of fraudulent flight authors out there, but I will tell you that there are a few that I know of people that write books about these types of things that have never had to lose. They've never struggled with weight or they're currently struggling with well, weight, but they're just writing under another name or something, you know, only doing those chin up pictures of themselves and giving <laughs> advice to people without any life experience at all. That is, yeah, that's frightening as well. So that's really interesting. I'd be curious. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about the, the flight authors that I've read. They basically repeat what the FAA told them. And so they're saying the same things. They're just doing it under their name. So nothing changed. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, when I do news reports, I don't report the news because uh, we've already got people doing that. We analyze the news. We talk about the different issues. Right. We talk about things that were left out of the reports. You know, we do that with, with our legislation. We talk about things that, uh, you know, are possible. And so I'm all about possibilities. I don't care about reporting what somebody else has already reported. Same thing with you. You know, everything you talk about is about possibilities. You know, try this. This can be done. You know, have you considered this? You know, and, uh, and, most, of the, uh, and most of the flight books, they're basically, they restate the rules. They restate the procedures. I mean, I could take the FAA Flight Training Handbook, which is actually is a really good book for the FAA. You know, they did a brilliant job of describing, you know, what you need to do to get your licenses and what you need to fly uh, and the maneuvers and things like that. It's very dry, very boring, very government, but it's actually, for what it is, it's, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
However, <laughs> what I expect from some <laughs> private authors of, of, or independent flight instructors, I want to read something different. I want to read their experience. I want to read how they applied what's in the FH, you know, flight training manual. I want to know what went right. I want to know what went wrong. I want them to be honest enough to admit where they screwed up. I did, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's a few of my screw-ups yeah. in the book, but that's part of learning. I'm sure there's a few of your screw-ups in your book. Feel free to tell oh, us. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. I mean, I don't know if I do. But, like a whole oh, my screw-up Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let's do that, and then let's find out what you, what you think of some of the other books, because it might be interesting to analyze. I mean, be bold, be brave. I don't care. Uh, you don't have to name names, but if you can name characteristics of what's wrong with those other books. I know what's wrong with, with the flight well, books is they just pair, they paired the FAA. They haven't accomplished anything. They haven't changed anything. They haven't revealed anything. They haven't they haven't added to the conversation. They've just repeated. What do you find? I'll just say without what I have found is that I it was in a different country, so I, I won't. But the people that had for the number one diet book in that country that year were both facing serious uh, obesity issues and cardiovascular disease. Um, and their, that their, that was their claim to fame. And not only were they not people that were successful, which they had led people to believe they were successful in this diet, and you could be too, but it was also meals like carbohydrate-laden pizza casseroles, literally just under the label of a diet book. Um, and huh. I thought that was very uh, – yes, and I know, I know. So that was, the, that was the first time I'd ever known someone could put <laughs> – to do that, that that was just even legal. Um, but I found out it was, and I, it took me a couple of days to get over that. Uh, but uh, so yeah, that's when I when I say fraudulent, I mean like wow, this information is not correct, and you're lying about who you are. I don't like this at all. I don't like the way this feels. I think maybe that might have fueled my fire to actually maybe do more to make sure that I was capable of, of giving this advice to people because it's it's. Just, it's your body. It's your health. It's, it's serious. Anytime you know you're telling somebody how to take care of their life, it's a serious thing. And I, but I didn't. That was about five years ago, Greg. I did not know that you could people could misrepresent themselves like that. Just they were out there, but they are. Oh, listen. Uh, the first thing I learned uh, in my life is that if it can happen, it can happen to me. You know, and I, I learned that when I started World War II and how the Germans didn't, you know, think that Hitler was going to be bad. And they had this horrible thing happen to them. And I looked around the countries. And the first thing I, I noticed when I came to the United States as, as, a, as a young teenager is that the government is huge. And I thought, well, if the government is huge, they can, they can take over everything. And, of course, now it, it took 40 years, but uh, this is where we are. 50 years. Right. Sorry, I'm older than that. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's but okay. Things, you keep you, you see abuses and you see, you know, the, the endless repetition. I'm sure you see this in, in the, in the D books, let's call them D books, <laughs> the D books yeah. um, about the same stuff over and over. They're basically repeating stuff from maybe 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years ago. They're not breaking any new yeah. ground. They're not revealing anything. This, this, you know, well, tell me, what, what did you find? I'm curious. Yeah. It's, I just, that particular story, I just found just, that was, What's criminal? What they were passing That's off. medical malpractice, well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it just you misrepresent yourself. You say you've lost – and I'm not fat-shaming here, but it's like you are not into hell. You, 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 and, but you're saying you are, and then the information that you're passing off is not, it's not accurate either. And I, it just really beat all I had ever seen. Um, just the 
the pasta, the casseroles. The, and I thought, okay, this is illustrating a problem. A, people are buying it because it sound, it's too good to be true because you can't get healthy on this. And then also, like, but people are being misled. And uh, that's one thing that I, I'll do these shows and talk to you and talk to anybody. I don't have a major advertising budget to spend. So, I, you know, sometimes it seems like he with the biggest ad dollars gets, you know, the market share of, yeah, the, the lion's share of the market. I, I don't have that Let's, type of, I don't have that to, to be able to, to get the word out to people that, yeah, this is, yeah. Legitimate we'll information when, that you when, need. When Action Radio gets big, your book will get big because you're part of the family. So you will, uh, you know, I'll be doing my bit, um, and I fully so, intend to be, you know, multi-million listeners worldwide. And so this is this is I where I'm headed. Well, I just want right. people to know that that yeah that this is out there and that people are that it started with the label reading, I think, and we talked about that about all the different names. Mm-hmm. I think there's over 70 aliases for sugar. And then it's like, okay, how many more things do I learn about health and labels and diets and the way people can kind of get around, you know, lying to the American public? And the more I learned, the more I found out. And it's, you know, I revealed all of it in Rebel Keto. And there I am shamelessly plugging my book. But Rebel no, keep Keto doing it. That's what I mean. You can shamelessly plug yeah, it all yeah, you want. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Right here. But that's, that's <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, and everything is, every study, it, it it's sourced too. So just in case you're skeptical and I encourage everyone to be skeptical. Yeah. There's the, yeah, the facts are in the, the facts are in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Fact checked it and sourced it. Uh, but I, I, people could be the, people be the judge. So I like your idea about the sending it out to groups for review. Yeah. That would be a fly on the wall there. That would be, that would be awesome. If it's women empowering, let's find out. I mean, now, how about, yeah. um, do you see a difference between men and women in terms of how they approach this uh, health-wise? Yeah, I'm actually starting to Listen see right. less differences the more people I speak with. Um, okay. Men might come into it with a little bit more of a confident attitude if they are confident enough to talk about that with me in the first place, and then they'll be honest. Um, but we're really a lot more of the the same, just our bodies are built just a little bit different. But we're same advice applies for both men and women. Um, but I've kind of changed my stance there on that since the book has come okay. out because I've talked to more okay. men that are actually literally they're, they're they're sincerely more con- concerned about the way they look. They just don't discuss it as much as women do, and I find that interesting. And that's something I've learned through the course of marketing the book that I did not know before. Huh. Younger men or, old, or older men? Um, because uh, I think younger it? guys are more, really? More concerned about looks well, than health? Or as concerned? That, that was, that was younger, but no, it's, it's not. And these guys are, it, it's, it's body image. These are, we're talking about body image issues here. Okay. You know, um, and well, let's, that, let's break that, the ground. That's I think surprise, we, we, it surprises we don't me, hear about, but it shouldn't. But, uh, huh. but yeah, you don't, you don't hear about that as much. Well, that's what I want to talk about. This is interesting because, you know, I'm a uh, strong men's rights advocate. We have a man page. You know, I mean, I talk about these things. I, I get, I've had, you know, shows of men specifically talking about men's issues, and uh, I, I think we've broken some ground there uh, over the years on my show. But this, this is fascinating because, I mean, for I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, you know, I'm losing weight for health reasons. The only thing that's ever worked for me is really just cutting back on portions and, and, and fasting part of the day 
you know, however many hours it is. I just stop eating at a certain time, you know, noon, three, something like that. Uh, and although it's a bit of a challenge, uh, it works, and it's working for me. And so this, the two reasons, the, the most important reason I'm doing this health. I want to be around a long time. I'm really enjoying my new career at Action Radio. Uh, I'm enjoying building this thing up, and I want to do it as long as I can, you know, healthy. The other reason is, yeah, I kind of like to be, you know, some babe's arm candy. I want to be hot, you know, in guy version, you know, whatever that is. Uh, I mean, it's probably long-term to use, but you know what I mean, right? I, I don't, I don't yeah, mind I do. looking good. You know, if I can go on, on TV yeah. and, uh, you know, just not be sitting, it's like, hey, yeah, here's me. I'm, you know, whatever, 60, 70, 80 years old and still, you know, bike riding and healthy. You Hell yeah, I want to be able to do that. So this is, right. you know, but the, the, the look versus health dynamic, if I can characterize it that way, um, used to find more similarities than differences in people and between men and women too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I All think right. that the majority of people, it's just been a surprise, a, a little, some of the motivations. Um, well, tell me. It, it just tell led me to, it just led me to the fact that the belief that we're more the same than not, but I mean, I, but women don't seem to have that pro- the problem of admitting what they don't like about themselves. Whereas I guess with men, it's a different thing for me to have them share that information. Um, because usually I'm used to the men acting very confident, that bravado, that ego thing. And um, you talk to them about this and you start talking about their body image and why they want to lose weight. I'm getting more of the, not the health, but the, I don't like the way I look. And Huh. I think that's a good conversation but, to have. I think I think that's that's a, that's a healthy realization, though. Um, at, well, this goes uh, to our at, previous report. So I want to get together with Dorothy, who talks about you know sex and sensuality. That couples, you know, I mean, where women might be, you know, might be more about body shaming, but it might be for guys too. And and so there's a huge thing to this. That uh, this is really mm-hmm. interesting. The couple really sensitive to each other uh, in, in terms of this. But I think this is a whole unexplored area that guys have um, much have as much body image as women do, but mm-hmm. we look at it a little differently. Like if I had to take a guess, and it's just a guess, that guys would consider being overweight, uh, as I do too, uh, as a weakness, as, as like a character flaw, as in something that we should have been able to correct a long time ago but didn't. Uh, like whatever else, you know, we're, we're not happy about. Whereas women, I think it's almost because society – put so much emphasis on body image. Women say that, well, society did this to me. Uh, there's pressure to look good. There's, uh, you know, look at all those ads of those sexy airbrush women. You know, I can't compete with that. So it's, my, it's not my fault that I'm overweight. Whereas I think guys consider it more their fault they're overweight. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm just, I'm just curious what you, what you found. No, I think you're right about that. I, I, I don't know for sure. Um, hmm. but yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I don't – I hear I, I hear guys use that example though of like walking down the beach, um, but like women are inundated with it all everywhere, all right. mm-hmm. especially when you're tuned into that. And I don't know if that was because I was a woman or I am a woman, or if it was because I have daughters. But I was very in tune to the fact that it seemed like it was just the filters, the pressure, the airbrush, all of that. What on TV the so I was tuned into that as far as women go, not not so much for men. So this has kind of shifted okay. that a little bit. But it is um, – I, I mean, y'all, they do the same thing with the filters and the, for men as well. 
Oh yeah, this guy image stuff is usually sports related or or something else. Um, but uh, but a lot of it is you know uh, the, the 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 manly man guys. You know where are you going to find them? And, you know sports mm-hmm. entertainment places like that. Uh, and there was I remember the old uh, comics when I was a little kid. You know five six years old. They had these these Joe Weeder who was like the bodybuilder. You know, don't be a 98-pound weakling. You know, don't let uh, the bully kick sand in your face. And this is, you know, reading comics. So even, right. even, you know, as a boy of five or six years old, I'm reading body image stuff. And I said, I'm supposed to look like that? You know, and I, you know. Yeah. It, 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 so, so when I grow up, I'm supposed to have, you know, shoulders out to there and, uh, you know, a waist that's the, the severe and, you know, whatever. It's just, it was just fascinating. That I think it's fascinating with guys a lot earlier, too. And I was like doing this, too. I like, because I have so many women on the show talking about wellness. I don't have a lot of guys talking about it. Uh, and so I like to explore this side of it because it seems that more women will study this. More women, will, you know, my wellness women. I didn't have a, I didn't have that many guys. Yeah. You know, it was mostly women. And so, I, but uh, but there's another side to this that I that I think if we bring the guy perspective in, do you have a chapter on on uh, you know weight loss for men, for example, or would that be something in a revised edition? That would have to be a revised edition because I don't have anything for I don't have anything for women or for men. It is for everyone. So because okay. it, it, the, the advice goes, but as far as the self-sabotage chapter, that is more for a woman, but it could be, that could be for a man too. It's like the secret yeah. deodorant of the dot or non-dot book world. Strong <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, for a man made for a woman. There you go. <laughs> I can't, I can't borrow that. I can't use that. That is not my official tagline, but it, yeah, but, that, but it is, yeah. but it's true. Okay. That's funny. Um, I'm just flipping through the chapters here, looking at anything that could be taken. That's a good way to. That's something for the those those people, those listeners that want to write a book. Make sure that you have that. Yeah. Make sure that it yeah. goes across. Let's talk about that. I want to go through our original plan was to go through your book chapter by chapter, and just talk about. It. We're not going to read it to you. Get 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 the book yourself. You know, but we can it's a fireside chat here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but the process of writing, you know, before you ever wrote a book, did you have any idea what you're getting yourself into? No. Still would have done okay. it anyway. Ah, that's a good point. Well, let's tell the story. For those that, that, like I said, I think I asked this question about 30 minutes ago. You know, for those who have never written a book, what's it like? <laughs> Tell me. I already um, know. But, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's yeah, you pictured somebody sitting at a typewriter just laughing, like, oh, I'm so happy. It's more like that, but close with crying and tears and the editing process and <laughs> checking everywhere and fact-checking. And wait a second, I quoted Ferris Bueller in there. Was that, was that Ferris Bueller? I don't know. I have to watch that movie now. That was part of it. That was good. That was fun. Was that something I oh, found? Which you still remember, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, uh, yes, I still, of course, I remember. Yes, no, but no, I had to <laughs> I, check I, songs from the '80s. I know, and then the first, yeah, first ten minutes of my radio debut with Greg, you're like, "Did you mean <laughs> to misspell that name?" No, no, Greg, I didn't. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, see that, this is so, I never, I wouldn't have remembered that in a thousand years. I, it would have never have occurred to me. I've completely forgotten, you know. But you, just because it's your work and your book, you know, you yeah. you're gonna remember that to your dying day. You know, and secretly in the back of your mind, whenever we talk, it's like, yeah, I remember when you pointed out on the radio, Greg. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold the grudge. No, I'm, I'm teasing. It, it, yeah. But but this is what happens when you put your work out there, and people don't realize the yeah. depth. You know, it's like when you write a song and, and you put lyrics about your life 
Or, you know, when I talk about, and I do talk about probably my own personal life way too much on that show. I mean, I'm sure there's a nice little profile that the FBI KGB is putting together, you know, before they knock on my door and say, hey, Greg, can we have a chat? <laughs> no. Well, maybe. Depends. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but it's just, it is interesting that you cannot do this without giving of yourself. Right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I mean, I, I, it out a couple of times. You talked about a roadmap earlier, a GPS system. I mapped it out a few times. Um, you know, the beginning, the end, and then okay, what's in the middle? Because that's always that's yeah, the, the the messy middle. And so I thought, okay, what, how can I make it fun? And I used, you know, I did not have a perfect childhood like most people. And in the 80s, we had lots of great entertainment and the most amazing, awesome, radical music. And so I queued up my 80s playlist and thought, okay, how can I make this fun? The same way I, you know, got through some rough parts of my childhood with music. And so that's what I did. And so I infused different songs and movies and stuff in different places in the book, well, all throughout the book, and in the Mm -hmm. recipes to make it fun and informative. And really the 80s did play a big role in it because those were like the major lives of the the decade. So, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. I just went going through the chapters now. I mean, you know, the first chapter, WTH is Rebel Keto. How you got here? The 80s made you do it. Fat is not public enemy number one. This is your body on sugar. Turns out the GD Germans have everything to do with it, or how carbs really are the devil. The calories in, calories out lie. Why Rebel Keto and how Rebel Keto works. Carbs and sugar. How Steven Tyler will inspire you to take a second look at the sugar labels. The 411 on fat are the good, bad, and the ugly truth, overcoming self-sabotage, meal prep and planning on a budget, cheers, because you can still drink on a low-carb diet, and fun, fun, fun recipes for every single meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack, and cocktail recipes. And with names like Head Over Heels Spicy Margarita. (laughs) And who needs Swissness when you have keto hot chocolate? And (laughs) let's see. I mean, you know... um, just, just really kind of fun, sweet dreams, cinnamon muffins, soul-to-soul buns. Just roll with it, cheddar garlic biscuits. I mean, yes, that was a Steve, that's based on Steve Winwood's song. Um, yeah, roll with it. The Secret of My Success Party and Crackers. It, it's out there. It takes two cheese crisps. <laughs> I quote Rob Bates in that one. Um, but it, 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 it is out there from another planet, but it is real-world advice that everybody can use. But it's fun. So it was fun. Between the crying and the writing and the editing, there was laughter and music. And weight well, loss and health. Don't your keyboard. Don't, don't start your keyboard crying over it. That's the only thing you have to watch. But other than that, <laughs> or did that happen? You didn't do that, did you? No, did it you happened. It oh, did no, happen. I never, I never freak out. Oh, yeah, of course okay. it happened. I wouldn't upset it if it. Yes, it happened. Yes. Yeah, you cried. You yeah. cried enough to short circuit your keyboard. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I just cried over it. Oh, okay. I didn't short circuit. The people at Apple might listen to this. No, no, nothing happened. <laughs> I wanted to make it right and entertaining. I think I did it. I think you did, too. I just got a, the judge I just got a phone call in the middle of my uh, my show here, so I don't know if it beeped or not. But, uh Yeah. Okay. Oh, actually, I ooh, I'm sorry, I, I, I was supposed to do something after. I'm, I'm not doing well today with, with organization. I'm supposed to do something at the end of the show, so I'm going to have to uh, um, 
send a message. Might I send a message during the show? I won't do it. No, let's keep going. <laughs> we got 15 minutes left. Uh, this, this half hour is okay. this hour fast. No, I just, I, I just, I suddenly realized that I goofed on something else. So there's actually a life outside the show. I know that sounds crazy. No. But there is. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do found something I have to fix as soon as the show's over. But don't worry about that now. I will take okay, care of it. Okay. okay, so yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a long story. Um, getting back to uh, something, oh, the eighties. I want to talk to you about the eighties because uh, you were you were kind of young then. Uh, I was in my twenties, and that was like the. I think we mentioned this before. That's the last time I think we really had fun. You know, ever since yeah. the nineties, you know, from from uh, the end of the the Bush to the the Clinton was not fun. He he felt our pain. Everything was serious. Everything was miserable. And nineties weren't fun. Two thousands they weren't they weren't fun either. Uh, you know, we yeah. had Obama and stuff like that. You know, or that was later. Um, but then we had the, the another Bush. And so we had the first Bush. Then we had Clinton. Then we had another Bush. That wasn't fun. And then we had Obama. He definitely wasn't fun. Democrats are not fun. They're miserable. And then we had Trump. Trump was really fun, but he got cheated out of his election, and then of course it's not fun again. And so uh, all this stuff is is happening. Um, the 80s is such a perfect metaphor because, you know, although you had guys dressed in, in, in spandex and makeup and big hair, nobody took them seriously. You know, you didn't say that you can't criticize, you know, Kiss because that would be uh, transgender phobic or something like that. You know, nobody, nobody cared. They were wearing makeup and we all made fun of them. So the 80s were really a particularly fabulous time that I think makes yeah. the perfect metaphor for that. But you were younger then, so I'm just curious how you how, how you found the 80s and why that why that was such an important decade for you. Well, it was just, I was 10 in 1985. So okay. I, I was, yeah, MTV was, it, it, was the, it, it was the 80s when all of that came out. We had, we started getting 24-hour news. We, 24, that was when MTV still had music videos on, which was great, mm-hmm. flashback. Um, but it, it, in a lot of ways, formed my personality. I, don't, I hate to say that, but it's true because you know, we, we were operating with like three channels, and all of a sudden we got cable. So we were that generation. We were the Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Frogger generation, the music, the fashion, all of that. At Ten years old, yeah, I was very impressionable. That's and if I have to say I have a demo, a demographic for my book, it's people that are my age. I'm 47 years old. Um, okay. So yeah, so this we were sort of indoctrinated into the culture, and it was super fun. And maybe I'm being biased here, but it was my favorite decade. Uh, but we were submerged in this. My favorite we, decade. It kind of pro- yeah, we were programmed, you know, to, to to yeah by these commercials and all of this stuff. And I was even was thinking about that Anjali commercial at the grocery store yesterday. Like that screwed us up so bad. That bring we him the bacon fried up in a pan and. You know, I mean, yeah, and never letting you forget, like, you're, you're a man because I'm a woman, Anjali, that. I don't you remember that, that commercial, don't you? It affected you more profoundly than me. I don't even remember. Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's written on my book on page 11, Damn That Anjali Commercial. Okay. Well, now, here's something interesting. Now, if you do an audio book. If you do an audio book, are you going to be able to put those commercials in and put in the soundtracks and have Steven Tyler singing whatever song that uh, inspired that chapter? Can you actually include those things? You, have to you get know, a that's a great question because, I, yeah, I probably have to. I know, I, yeah, I could not quote a certain number of famous movie quotes. I had to take some of that out because of copyright, so I don't know. But that would make it okay. a really fun, way more fun audio book. 
Nobody wants me to sing well, it. Well, talk to your too, publisher. So I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Yeah, write that down too. In fact, if you miss anything from our chat, just go to the podcast. You know, everything's podcast, so that'll give you a chance to uh, um, to do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, this is like, I love these ideas. I love you know brainstorming with you. And this is what the show is. We're not for those that are, that are new to Action Radio. This is not your typical radio show. And we haven't even talked about our citizen legislation today. And a lot of times we'll do that. That kind of work goes on off the air. But this this really is a brainstorm session. This is a uh, this is a, we're, we're advocates. I mean, nobody here is a journalist. Least of all me. So we're not here to report things. We're here to to advance things. We're here to advocate things. And so nobody on this show. You know, stand still. Nobody says, well, did you hear what happened to this? Wasn't that terrible? Now, that's everybody else's show. Right. They want to move things ahead. Yeah. And so, um, but the 80s, has anybody done a really good study on the 80s? Did you, did you look at the, did you research the 80s before doing that? Or these are just things that popped into your head because that was such a fun time? No, I did research the things. And I, I, I looked at, okay. you know, different times, like when the, yeah. Deregulation in the 80s, for instance, because I started asking myself, okay, then, all right, if I'm saying that we were all indoctrinated to these belief systems through TV, radio, all of the advertisements in our lives, then how did that come to pass? So one of the things I uncovered when I was researching that to sort of prove my theory was that deregulation happened in the 80s, and that's why Ronald Reagan is responsible for Papa Smurf's pimping breakfast cereal. Um, <laughs> that happened. That happened. In the 80s. And, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's what happened. Go ahead. So, yeah. Oh, yeah they, I, I yeah, believe Between that. 84 and 85, uh, cartoons that had licensed characters increased by 300%. Um, so Fascinating. Because I remember my cartoons. So, yeah, but they weren't intertwined with products. You know, you didn't have Captain Crunch. You didn't have the adventures of Captain Crunch show. Right. <laughs> did. And see. Because that was a product. We did. It, Right. We had Pac-Man cereal. We had Smurfberry Crunch cereal, E.T. cereal. You know, it, those movies in the 80s started having more and more product placements, like the Reese's Pieces from E.T. Well, and, I know product placement. I, I've heard about that. That's why you have Coke machines, you know, uh, displayed and, and scenes where they'll drink a certain, you know, beverage. That, that product placement is huge, and they donate lots of money for that. Oh, by the way, if anybody wants to place a product in Action Radio, have a, you know, right. it, it'll cost you, but I'll do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not beyond it. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but isn't that? But now no, I, I, I knew about the product placement, but I didn't know about the cartoons going after the kids. And of course, they always go after the kids. That yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Right. So then, yeah, then, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, right. So at uh, Beeberry Bake Shop was a big thing for me. It's strawberry shortcake dolls. They and uh, they had a cereal. They had. Uh, then you, you you they they even it you could go way down into the rabbit hole of that just with the Bayberry Bake Shop and the Strawberry Shortcake Dolls. All you were thinking about doing was smelling their hair. They had you know, the apricot one and the strawberry one and the apple one and the lemon one. And all you wanted was cookies and sugar. I mean, that was, wow. that was the result of that. Yeah, that, Wasn't that, there that Barbie was it. cartoon and, at one yeah. point? Didn't Barbie and Ken become a cartoon at one point? I believe so. Um, my, my mother did not want me to watch too much Barbie. So, yeah, the Care Bears was fine. Um, but well, they're round. Was round okay. upon. And, yeah, that, yes, that was it. I don't know. I don't know. But yes. Uh, well, the reason yes, I'm thinking yeah. is like the merchandising went the other way. Like the Scooby-Doo cartoon came out, and then there was Scooby everything in the stores. It wasn't the other yeah. way that they took products from the stores and then brought them into the entertainment. So they actually reversed the process. Because we all yeah. grew up with, uh, you know, you could buy a Gumby, for example. You know, Gumby mm-hmm. and Pokey. You know, you could get yeah. your Gumby figures. 
Uh, and that was the product that was made from the show. I mean, they, they didn't have the product. For, but then somewhere, like you're saying, probably in the mid-'80s, they reversed that, where they actually took products and made shows about them, which is pretty scandalous. Mm-hmm. Transformers, there's one for you. You know, the, the yep. whole Transformers they had... the movies. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they did. That was that was one. Donkey Kong had okay. a serial. Um, nerds had Nintendo had a serial system. Um, there was a nerd serial. How did I so miss that? It was, yeah, Nintendo and, and a nerd serial. Yes, a two-in-one double dose of sugar, just like the candy. Um, I don't know. Yes, but the, yes, it, that was. Huh. Yeah. That's hardcore candy right there, though. But yes. So well, serious. Well, engineer I it, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then it's just it's, it's sugar and milk. I mean, it's... Well, basically, yeah. Well, I stopped eating all cereal. Someone told me this about three or four years ago, told me that uh, the problem is wheat, that wheat's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, those are, are like, you know, half sugar anyway. So I, I, I got rid I haven't eaten a bowl of cereal. I used to eat it every day. It was a daily thing, you know. And I have the good cereal, shredded wheat, granola, things like that. Yeah, I usually mix granola on top of shredded wheat. I thought it was doubly good with my natural honey, you know, and my organic right. milk. And I thought I'd be a great breakfast. And then come to find out that the problem is the wheat itself. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about wheat. Yeah. Look, there could be all, all kinds of things. That's, you've got a lot of got a lot of gluten happening there. You could have some food allergies happening there. Combined with milk, you could have some lactose issues there. I would not recommend that to start the day. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those. Uh, it's a grain that's not an entirely bad carbohydrate, which I break down all the different types of carbohydrates in the book. So I don't want to like hate on straight up shredded wheat or something like that because that's actually a little bit healthier than say I don't want to call out cereal. Well I might try it again but I mean once I get down to once I get down to my my fighting weight as they say once I get to where I want to be you know I think uh, an occasional shredded wheat with granola on top would probably be fine you know it's grains and it's you know I don't have a problem with wheat physically it's just that uh, you know it's just it's not great for, for on the way down right well, some people, yeah, some people do have an issue with that, and yeah, at the, okay. at the sugar content, you'd be surprised. I'd have to look at the different ones, though. But you have to be almost a yeah. mad scientist with a microscope to you have to really look at and read the labels and make sure that you know exactly if that is wheat or yeah. what else. But the first ingredient is the most potent; and it contains the most so of anything. So, yeah, when you're so sugar is the first that, ingredient. Make sure, yeah, mostly sugar. It, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, right. Yes. Or any of those seventy sugar aliases. So, yeah. Well, we should go over those too. We we should we should do uh, you know entire. We could do a segment on on, on just label reading. Something how to read labels. Yeah. Just, next time I come on, we're gonna we're gonna go back in the order of we said we were gonna do, and we're gonna go yeah. chapter by chapter because that that'll help. Because you and I, when we get on the we're phone, just we just sort of skip around all over the place, and we're having fun, and we're getting we're getting you know reacquainted. Yeah, I could really mom the heck out of this whole chapter. On sugar, and I feel like I well, you know, and that's the other thing is I, I'm a mom, and so I'm also like an automatic buzzkill um, when I bring in the life lessons and the mom stuff. So I try to overdo it on the fun stuff because I am talking a lot about heart disease and obesity and insulin resistance and you know tooth decay and dementia. Oh my! None of the same. You know, it's like oh, let me unwind from life and listen to Heather drone on and on about how the thing I enjoy the most is going to kill me. No, thank you. So I try. To, you know, give a healthy dose of information with, with a little bit of entertainment as well, because I don't want to be that, you know, joy killer. 
but you're almost a contradiction um, because you know, and uh, the image is, is of the the rebel kind of leads, and uh, you know, you don't look like a like the the scientific type. You know, this is why I picture with you with glasses and without glasses is so amazingly image changing. So people, what they don't see, you know, they'll they'll see the rebel, they'll see the '80s music. Oh, great, yeah, yeah, D word, yeah, let's let's go, let's, let's let's lose weight and be radical. But what they don't see is that you've done a ton of research. That you've got this brilliant analytical mind. You really look at this stuff carefully, and I don't think that comes across as much. I don't know if, that, if that's intentional uh, or whether you just don't see it. But I would, you know, especially in future interviews and different shows like that, feel free to get into the science because there's there's two things that, that give you credibility. One, entertainment is incredibly valuable, and I absolutely agree with that. I try and make my show fun. I was laughing my ass off earlier with Jonathan. We we're talking serious politics, and he was really funny. You know, so there's, there's this humor. I bring in all these different things to the show for that reason, that it makes it much easier to internalize if you're having fun listening. That's the first thing. But the second thing is you really know your stuff. You've got this very good scientific mind uh, that has analyzed and cataloged and, and done the research. And I, I almost wonder if you're holding back that side of you, that if you, if you think that you, you need to sort of go with the, um, the, the entertainment first and kind of hold back on the science. And I would say don't do that. Don't hold back on the science. Because the credibility you bring to, and, and you say, so in other words, it becomes the entertainment, not doesn't become the focus, but it becomes a, an essential component of an overall strategy, and it makes what you're saying much deeper. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. No, it does. It makes complete sense. And okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually agree with you on that. So I, oh, good. I'm going to task myself with getting real scientific <laughs> with it on the next time I come on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I, I absolutely have. And I guess that's the thing. Is uh, uh, Okay, well, now it's become a learn more about yourself with Greg's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I say what I feel. I say what, uh, what pops it's in my head. It's now an introspective yeah. moment. Well, listen, I want to talk about this too. This is something that people don't realize when they think of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do a little self-analysis here, me being on the radio. Um, as a, you know, extrovert versus introvert, uh, people would not believe that I am extremely introverted. Um, I look into myself and my personal journeys all the time. That's why I spent, you know, I did a, a two-minute aardvark, uh, not, excuse me, uh, armadillo video, <laughs> you know, because it's fascinating. You know, it's, that's something that comes deep within my soul, my spiritual animal connection thing. Okay, but the fact that I'm, I don't do a radio show because I need the attention because it's for my ego. I do a radio show because I want to accomplish something that's never been done before. So it comes from a very introspective place. I think you're the same way. You, the, the publicity, the, the, what, the fame that you get, the recognition is not why you're doing this. You're doing this because you generally want to help people. And so you're probably as introverted as I am, but we, we use being extroverted as a means to, to accomplish what we want as opposed to those that need the attention because they're extroverted they're almost dependent on that that uh, that attention for for what you know keeps them going we don't need that i mean you and writers are, are very introspective you, you know when i'm I, most of the work i do on the show is not on the air this is the fun part this is the easy part right the real work is done yeah this is fun yeah okay well right. so so yeah. does that all make sense too what do you think of uh, yes. uh, the introverted versus extroverted oh that makes complete sense i was, I was just telling somebody the other day that i'm both and they just sort of looked okay. at me like I had six heads. And I'm like, no, I am. <laughs> exactly. I am either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling very, very social. I'm social. I'm extroverted. But most of the time I'm more, okay, give me a book. Give me a piece of paper. Give me my computer. Let me type. Let me write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me study that. Let me figure out why. Let me learn. And then I'm like, okay. But, yeah, 
no, I do understand that. And you do have to know a lot about yourself before you can put yourself out there. So that makes sense. And I didn't realize I was doing that, but I am. Yeah. Um, oh, no, and like I said, that is these are my, my non- yeah. yeah, feel free to challenge and disagree. My, non- uh, my non-social side, yes, I think is, is, what, is what that is. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you have observations for me or ways that we can help the show, I, I don't take it as criticism. I take it as, as help. And this is why I surround myself oh, with yeah. brilliant people. You know, there's a reason. Because, uh, but in, in the same way too, that you, you know, you have to be comfortable, uh, you know, with yourself to surround yourself with brilliant people. Because if you're at all worried about what, uh, you know, someone might challenge you on, then you're not really being honest with yourself or honest with your material. Yeah, that's correct. You know? I believe that. That's yeah. yeah. That's that's okay. absolutely true. I, I'm thinking as I'm talking, which I know is a dangerous thing. So. No, no, it's only live radio. It's podcast forever, and we're heard in over 50 countries. But don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no big deal. It's no big deal. It's just you and me. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and that, that's, that's actually that's part cool. of part of the secret weapon. Let me give away. It's probably more. I should. I shouldn't say. It. The secret weapon is that when when I talk to people, it's very conversational. Uh, and uh, people will, will say things, especially famous people, public figures. We get to talking, and I almost think sometimes they forget that it is, you know, radio, it is podcast, because I don't, I don't sound like radio. I don't talk like radio. I don't, you know, the, I don't bombard with commercials. There aren't those constant breaks and news breaks and, hey, live at five, we'll be back. Biff, let's uh, do another one. Oh, yeah. I don't do that. In fact, I haven't played a single commercial this whole show, and I have to. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go in a minute here. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you know, and same thing with you. So, like I say, I, I love the parallels we have. I love the ways that we both approach, you know, completely different uh, problems and, and come up with uh, solutions that fit in a very unconventional way. That's what I think. Yeah. I agree with you there. I'm, 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 okay. I'm working on my game plan of getting more scientific, which – so that I can but help more people do, it. Just, do, do that. Well, do it like you did on this show. When it comes up, go with it. Just flow with it. You know, and when it's, when it's, it's fun stuff about 80s and Steven Tyler and great songs to talk about, then, then the, you know, but if you can segue right into, well, that's based on a study I found from Switzerland regarding the, uh, the efficacy of, of certain, you know, this is met. I mean, just work it right in. Just make it as natural right. um, as, uh, as, as when you talk about anything else. Oh, it might work. It probably will work for you. At least I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. will implement so get, that today somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, got, I think I do a list it. of things. You know, I do the same thing <laughs> with, with Shirley and some of the other folks here. And Jonathan, it's like, you know, hey, Jonathan, why don't you try this? He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. I want to come up with a saying today. Uh, the best defense is a good false accusation. That was my revelation for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, that so, that came a, out of – I was not expecting that. The best defense is a false – Accusation is a is a good is a good false accusation. Yeah, I gave him that as a legal accusation. That came out oh, of nowhere. That came out of my genius. ADHD brain. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah. I was, he liked it. So, but we do this all day. We don't realize that you know you listen to the show. We're talking about nothing, and all of a sudden these amazing things just come out of anybody. You know, these these brilliant revelations. It's like where the hell did that come from? It's just there. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. once you're open. You know, you provide an open environment where the mind is free to explore and, and say things that uh, you never thought of. And uh, I do that every day. I'm always thinking of things I've never thought of on the show. That's what makes it fun for me. It's my playroom. You know, so this is how I play. <laughs> we, we play at radio. We don't, we don't do radio. We play at it. It's much more fun. Well, give me a couple of brilliant re- re- revelations or anything you want, and then I'm going to play a couple things, and uh, I have to go. But this has been fun. 
Okay, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I, look, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just like waking up into like a new exercise routine or something with this because I, you know, I had to take a life break for a while. So it has been fun. I mean, yeah, my revelations are, you know, um, it's okay to rewrite the book if you see the problems like you did with your book and I did with my book. And uh, being surrounded by brilliant people uh, makes you more smart. Um, and also surrounding yourself with people like you healthy really things and think things through um that's that's very helpful um it makes your brain start to really kind of fire on all circuits and i think mine was a little asleep because of the air and all of that stuff today um but it's up now um, come back here for for a a a, a mind tune-up i'm not sure if that's what you were looking for for the that brilliance break but um what you got um yeah yeah, and um, now we're tasked with, I'll bring the study in on the next show um, about the Papa Smurf pimp and cereal um, and Ronald Reagan's deregulation. So we'll bring the entertainment and the science in and then talk a little bit about what sugar does to your body. That'd be great. Write that down. I'll forget. Okay. <laughs> it's your um, report. You can do what you want. You know, oh, sure. Okay. Stuff. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. I'm curious. Okay. Well, I'm going to sideline you anyway with a bunch of irrelevant topics and distractions and whatever pops into my Wonderful. head, I and mean, that's just how it Thank goes. You. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty there. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I would like to – let me circle back to the fact that with Rebel Keto, I, 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 I don't trail off as much as I do on this show. And I did add a, a just the facts, ma'am, takeaways at, at the end of every chapter for those of us that, you know, are time-pressed, and it's just like just the facts, ma'am. So I have those at the end of – yeah, just – for, for those of us that you know, get busy and distracted occasionally. Oh, I'm distracted every, every you know, five times a minute. So let's get, your, yeah. let's get your website. Let's get where to get the book. Let's get all the contacts, anything you want to do about that, and then we'll do it again next week. Okay. Yes, well, you can, you can get the book at rebelketo.com. That's R-E-B-E-L-K-E-T-O.com. And you can also find me at Word to Your Mother blog. Dot com. That's spelled W-O-R-D-T-O-Y-O-U-R-M-O-T-H-E-R-B-L-O-G.com. And um, I'm Heather on Facebook, uh, still as Heather Strickland Burnett right now. I'm going to change that name. Well, that's Strickland. where everybody can find me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not somebody with an identity crisis. I just had to wait for the divorce to get final. Uh, that's well, you know, it's like it's you know, if, if you that's drop it, it's like Heather Light, you know. So in other words, you know, one third less, uh, one third fewer, uh, you know, one one third less names. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so not only have you lightened your 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 entire diet and weight and everything else, you've actually lightened your name. This is yeah, interesting. Yeah. I lost 150 pounds, a name, and a husband. Yeah, you can, exactly. This is great. Freedom. Freedom is lightening your right. load. Light, you know, lighten your relationships, lighten your name, lighten your body. Just go light. Bring That's light right. into your day. So bring light into your day. Light in, you know, we, you will, we will light the way. We can do this all day. We sure could. Yeah. Now let's get to the light, light song playlist and exactly. light up my life. Okay, yeah, all right, that's it. Now Eddie that's Boone. the train my brain's on. Okay. You light you up come. my life. Okay, all right. Bye, Heather. <laughs> Bye, Greg. Talk to you next week. Okay, see ya. 
Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. 
We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.